What's up, everybody, and welcome to the show. I'm James, that's Katie, and that makes this the first ever episode number 10 of Cloud Control. <laughs> 10, and you know what, 10, the first double-digit Cloud Control episode came at a good time because this is probably, I think as we were talking before recording, one of our favorite episodes we do every year is to go over the Game Awards, which, as we all know, is, you know, the first Christmas of December. <laughs> yeah, it is. And you know what? We timed you did. We timed this rebrand just perfectly. We knew when the Game Award was going to be announced before we rebranded. We knew the date. We had it all locked in. We knew episode <laughs> ten was going to be a big one. And now here we are to talk about everything with the Game Awards. Uh, but you're right. This is always so exciting. And like these episodes always go so long. There's just so much to talk about. But between the awards and everything that gets announced, it's just like it's it's Christmas. Like you said, it's Christmas on December. What is it? The twelfth today, December twelfth. Uh, okay well um i guess we have, we have a lot to talk about so we'll get right into it um so we're gonna spend the first bit of the show here going over all of the award winners that happened a couple days ago at the game awards show itself uh, and then for the second part of the show we'll go over all of the announcements that were uh, of course shown as well because the game awards really it's about the announcements but it's just as much about what you get to see in the trailers and the the new reveals so that's always fun um, and kate and i for those of you that do not know or may have missed a previous episode we have a little competition going for who could guess uh, the most award winners correctly uh, and the winner of our competition will be buying alcohol for the other person while we have our little mario party night on the switch online it's gonna be so fun i can't wait <laughs> I, I think you mean the opposite. The loser will oh, the be loser. buying alcohol. Sorry. The loser. Unless you, unless I will give you the chance right now. <laughs> if you think that I beat you, you are allowed to no, um, no, no, no. swap it that the winner buys. I'll let you make that choice uh, because I, can't. I know who won. You don't yet. <laughs> I can't do it. I got to stay confident in my picks. You know, even though I'm, even though I know that I got game of the year wrong, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure you got that one right. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll take the you odds. Game of the year. You did, did, I, vote right? did I take Elden Ring? Okay, yeah. good. You voted for God of War personally, I think, That's but right. you did. You you did have a moment of clarity and said, you know what? <laughs> a moment of clarity. Down. Hey, you know what? On any given day, it could have been either way. I don't know. It, it was a it was a real coin flip. But... I think any other year, God of War could have won easily. But <laughs> oh, fair enough. You, there's no stop in the train that is Elden Ring. <laughs> well, we'll get to that in just a second when we get to the game of the year winner. Uh, but just before we get started on that, I want to remind everybody, um, if you want to write into the show and let us know what you thought of the game awards, if you're happy with the award winners, if you thought there was some game that got snubbed, uh, you can let us know what your favorite announcement was from the show. Really just write in, uh, let us know what you thought overall. Uh, and you can do so to cloudcontrolpod at proton.me. Um, or, of course, get in touch with us on Twitter or wherever you like. All of the links are below in the show notes uh, for when you go and look at that. So uh, without further ado, Kate, let's get started on the award winners uh, from all these different categories that we had at the Game Awards. So did them. So the first uh, award, because we did skip over some. We skipped like esports athlete and coach and all that stuff because we had no idea. So the first award that we guessed on was most anticipated game, which, of course, was won by my pick, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, so that's one point for me, Kate. How do you feel about this award? Yeah, I think that's fair. Like, I think this was the one, one of the awards where like, this is kind of like a weird dark horse event because like, you know, Final Fantasy 16, Hogwarts Legacy, Resident Evil 4, Starfield, Zelda, like any one of them, I feel like could have very easily taken it. But yeah, yeah. Zelda's just so big. I mean, enough. Zelda's <laughs> just such a king, right? I mean, 
that's just yeah. and especially with how popular breath of the wild was when it came out and still is yeah. relevant now so yeah. yeah fair enough first point to you fair enough um, fair enough well we both got points on, on the next one it was best adaptation of and we both obviously guessed arcane i mean how could the, how could arcane not have won it is literally one of the yeah. most impressive shows exactly this was the opposite of anticipated game in the sense of like there was one clear winner and like you know nothing against the other shows but arcane was probably the best show slash movie that came out all year let alone being an adaption all year wow that is intense what was better than arcane all year? i mean I, i'm trying to look i don't have actually a list of all the nominees up in front of me but i mean there's got to be some right i think i mean i mean i was gonna say sonic but that's not true that's just not true <laughs> I mean, there was Uncharted, which we enjoyed, but a lot of yeah. people weren't as keen on it. Um, the Cuphead show, I really do want to watch because it's just, if nothing else, for the art style. And apparently Cyberpunk did pretty well, but like... I heard the same nothing, thing, but yeah, that game is like just tainted game. a little bit, you know? I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, okay, then we had Best Debut Indie, which we both got correct as well with Stray. So, um, I mean, yeah, I felt that one was interesting to me. I feel like I feel like Stray is kind of like boosted kind of in the same vein as the untitled goose game you know where people like like the meme animal so it gets some kind of points that other games don't i was really surprised that tunic didn't get uh this one i think looking back at it now like i remember people just loved that game when it came out yeah, and and tunic like genuinely looks amazing like i think out of all the games now in here that's the one i'm most excited to play even though like stray is on my list as well but mm -hmm. what what i think made me go stray instead of tunic was just the fact that stray was up for a lot more awards yeah so it just felt like you know maybe it was getting a little bit more attention than tunic whether or not it was deserved but i mean stray looks like a great game and you know i'm excited to play it so i'm not disappointed <laughs> yeah no fair enough um okay multiplayer game was up next and this is a point for you kate you got splatoon 3 correct and i said i somehow said call of duty modern warfare 2 <laughs> I mean, I don't know. People play COD. Yeah. You you get, I mean, COD is just such a big name, right? But like the Splatoon games like sell amazingly. Like they always do so well historically. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in Japan too. But you know, for me, it was like the reason I didn't want to go with Splatoon, I'm thinking is because I just thought Nintendo wins family game and that's it. <laughs> so I just, I couldn't bring myself to choose it. But you know, Splatoon probably very deserving. I'd love to play Splatoon 3. Just one of those, like, just can't play everything. Mm -hmm. uh sports slash racing game a category that we barely know anything about obviously we don't know much because it was won by gran turismo 7 and we both guessed i guessed f1 you guessed fifa and so <laughs> you know looking back on it now like when the award came up and i looked at it, i was like yeah it's gonna be gran turismo and it was and then i was like putting you know our list our predictions together i was like why did i get fifa i guess because they sell really well yeah but like I yeah just looking back on it, it's like yeah Gran Turismo is kind of like the most impressive of those games for sure I think we talked ourselves out of Gran Turismo a little bit because of like the microtransaction stuff or there was some like negative things that launched and so we, since we didn't follow it too closely we were probably just like oh people don't like that game so much and then <laughs> yeah that's how that went um so after that we have best sim and strategy which we both nailed with Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope uh, a clear winner in in my opinion there I agree. And looking back on it now, like, you know, do, who's playing Dune Spice Wars? Like, yeah. I guess. Who's really playing, maybe... I mean, any of these games, honestly? What is Victoria 3? Yeah, I had never heard of that game before. But it made me think, like, I wonder why Triangle Strategy wasn't on this list. Because That's a that, good point. Because that, to me, felt like a really big release this year. Um, 
But I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Mario Rabbits is an awesome series, despite everything about the rabbits. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would have been interesting to to see. Like, I feel like Triangle Strategy is just a bit more niche, and so maybe that's why I didn't make it. But at the same time, like, I feel like it's more well known than a lot of the games on this list. I mean, Two Point mm -hmm. Campus or whatever. People, it's like I couldn't believe that was really in the strategy category. It's almost weird that like Sim and Strategy are put together. Like, there's definitely some games that overlap quite a bit but then there's also like you know mario and rabbits has nothing sim about it at all and some sim games are you know really removed from strategy mm -hmm. as well so mm -hmm. i feel like this is kind of the weirdest category to to mash up <laughs> oh, i mean aside from like what is action adventure these days what is an rpg these days yeah. like every game has a skill so. tree and experience points and stuff yeah i guess that's true that's the problem with those categories that category being too broad versus like two categories yeah. being fused together i guess but i guess you know it stops them from having a million awards so fair enough we'd be here for hours yeah <laughs> which we're gonna try not to be anyways so let's go to the next award uh which is best family game the one i thought uh, would be the nintendo category and it was because kirby and the forgotten land won sadly we both were wrong although i think we both made a really good pick there i had mm -hmm. switch sports you had lego star wars skywalker saga and you were so bang on by picking that with like the ridiculous sales numbers that game had all year when we would check in with that it seemed to make a lot of sense mm -hmm. but people loved kirby earlier this year yeah fair enough kirby looked good like of all the games on this list even though like rabbits is a game i might also get like kirby's the one i want the most mm -hmm. but like mm -hmm. there's heavy hitters like splatoons in here like mario rabbits switch sports like you know some good ass family games. i would love but... to play switch sports by the way <laughs> it would be such a fun thing to have for an evening wouldn't it Get it back in the mm, boxing absolutely. gloves. Get the baseball going. Oh, man. Anyone can beat me in boxing. <laughs> Sweet reward. Because if there was ever a pro scene, I'm not a pro boxer in real life, but I could be a pro Wii Sports boxer. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt. <laughs> uh, speaking of fighting, the best fighting game was up next. That's a nice segue. Uh, Multiverses ended up winning the game which I chose, everybody. Uh, and Kate mm -hmm. had DNF Duel, which I think is one of those that people really like, but it's just... Did enough people play that to vote for it? Yeah, I guess Multiverses just had, like, it had the meme vote, but it also is a good game. So, like, mm. that that's is the true powerful. combination of a winner. Yeah, that is powerful these days. <laughs> the meme. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So, next, the role playing game. Uh, what is a role playing game? Every game is a role playing game, but Elden Ring is the best one this year and it won the award. Uh, Live Alive did show up, which is nice, not, but of course, it would never gonna win. Um, triangle strategy as well which is interesting because obviously people did bring it up but just for this category instead i guess um i mean elden ring is such a clear winner here though i mean xenoblade is probably the closest and that's not even obviously not going to hold a candle tough time coming up against like like when a game that is game of the year comes up in a category in which it belongs to Mm -hmm. that's a tough sell right like is is pokemon legends arceus gonna win best rpg but then elden ring is game of the year like probably not it's it's kind yeah. of unfair well it's, it's interesting right i wonder what it would be like if like what if the game of the year nominees weren't allowed to compete in other categories or something like that like that would be interesting right that would be interesting the problem with that though is the games that don't win game of the year right yeah, like if you get nominated for game of the year and then you're one of the four or five games that doesn't end up winning then you get nothing as opposed to like you know god of war took home a lot of awards which it absolutely deserves but it didn't win game of the year and so i i like that in terms of 
you know, like just not having like such a sweep, but at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I it's, know, it's a little bit of a devil's advocate stance. I don't think I would, I don't think I would really go for that, but I guess there's a universe where like a game of the year quality game could just be, could be like generic or weak enough in a certain category where it doesn't win. But mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, I guess to be fair, like, if we move on to our next one, best action adventure, like Elden Ring's not in this category. Yeah, um, which it totally could be. It easily could have been. It could have won this category too. Yeah. You know? In fact, like this one, best action adventure, like you're saying, God of War won this, and we both we both chose that and got the point. But really, like between best role playing, best action adventure, you could swap Elden Ring and God of War, and they would still make sense that they both won each of those awards <laughs> because both are RPGs, <laughs> both are action adventure games. Yeah, exactly. I guess the one thing, like, yeah, it has all this, like, traversal, combat, puzzle solving. Like, I guess Elden Ring is lighter on the puzzles in terms of, like, something like God of War. But it still has puzzles, and it sure as hell has combat and traversal. Yeah, exactly, so. exactly. But Maybe. I would love to see, like, I would love to be in one of the meetings that kind of goes through and, like, mm -hmm. you know, finalize all of these things. Um, I, I think this part is of another... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say like this is just like a kick-ass category like Plague Tale, God of War, Horizon, Stray, and Tunic. Like, mm -hmm. what a, what five incredible games popping up here? Yeah, I feel like we say that every year now. Is just like the categories are just so <laughs> jam-packed with these these games. Yeah. And this is just the reality we live in now. You know, like we say all the time, like oh, in any other year, X game would have won Game of the Year, but it's like every year there's these quali this many quality <laughs> games now. Like it's just the way that it is. Uh, it's good true. to see though. It's good to see. Uh, okay, so the next category, best <laughs> after best action adventure, we have just best action, which is more of uh, you know Bayonetta three wins. We both get Sifu, so I was really confident mm -hmm. in Sifu getting that, to be honest. Yeah, I was too, but I guess um, it's maybe just like a oversight. And like the Bayonetta games are really popular, I just don't personally they're not in my sphere at all. Like I've never played them. No one I know is really into them. Mm -hmm. um, and like I, so I don't really see their presence online or being talked about. But at the same time, like. Bayonetta is a huge franchise, so yeah, I think I'm in the same position there. And like to be fair, Sifu isn't something I saw a ton of people talking about either. It was just I think it was a little bit more like talked about when it came out. Like Bayonetta three, I haven't really heard too much discussion in general. Like, and I know like like you're saying, not really in the sphere, but at the same time, like if it wins a game award, I feel like most of the time you've heard at least some <laughs> discussion about that game. So it's a little surprising. But congrats to Bayonetta three. Uh, best AR VR game, Moss Book 2 is the winner. We're both wrong on that. Uh, I said Among Us VR. You said After the Fall. Uh, I guess we don't own AR headsets or VR headsets, so joke's on us. <laughs> but, but spoilers, a few of the games were uh, announced. There's a couple VR titles in there coming up, but oh my god, they, they make a good, good argument for they Holy do. shit. <laughs> Unfortunately, the argument may be not strong enough to buy a <laughs> headset the same cost as a PSVR, but uh, yeah. Uh, best innovation in accessibility. We were both right for choosing a Sony studio with, uh, you know, we chose The Last of Us Part 1, but it was God of War that won. Um, and, you know, from what I can tell, rightfully so. They were playing the the little video of like some of the features when it won the award. And you can just see the way they can they can change like the colors of all the models, like you're blue, mm. the interaction stuff is yellow, enemies are red. Like, yeah, I mean, I think that stuff's pretty standard across a lot of games, but obviously God of War is doing a lot of the right stuff. What interests me about this one is I wonder what is different about Last of Us and God of War's mm. settings. Like, I would assume that they're pretty similar coming from both being like Sony first party studios. Like, I would think that like yeah. Sony kind of has like a bit of a, a hand in saying like, you know, these features are something that we we like expect to see. 
going forward in the game. So I'm curious what the difference is and like I of how, you know, like was it kind of like either one of these could have just hand shook on the award or does God of War actually have a few more settings, which I know it does, but um Yeah, that's a really good question know. though. I mean I I haven't been through it thoroughly enough to say honestly but uh, i mean it may just be a case of like hey maybe they are built on the same thing but god of war is just a little bit newer so they refined it just a little bit more something like or that. maybe it just has a few more extra things that aren't relevant to last of us like slowing down the puzzle timings i think is a really mm. good feature that like last of us probably wouldn't have because it doesn't have that puzzle aspect so much so true enough stuff like that true enough um best community support we both thought it was going to be Fortnite for sure but we were dumb kate final fantasy 14 always wins this award <laughs> right I think that's one of those things where, again, it's like we just, it is less popular here than it is in Japan. Whereas here, it's like everybody's playing Fortnite and we mm -hmm. know it's such a good company. And then, you know, Final Fantasy XIV is like, I guess, just the biggest thing ever. Um, and we'll see it again soon. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's get our way down there, down the list. Uh, best mobile game is next. Uh, we crushed it, Kate. Marvel Snap. Was there ever any doubt? This might have been the most sure I was with any prediction that I had for the entire year. Yeah, Marvel Snap. I'm still addicted is, to this, is, by the way. We were just talking before. I just bought a sick yeah. Deathlock card for myself with the gold I've been saving up for when there's a good yeah. variant, you know? Uh, I can't get enough. Mm -hmm. Like, just doing my dailies every day, it's an addiction. Yeah, man. I just got Lockjaw, and that Lockjaw. is Lockjaw. Oh, that's the guy? Yeah, yeah, I know Lockjaw. Dog. Yeah. The dog, He's cool. yeah. He's cool. <laughs> uh, best indie game, Kate. You earned a point on this one. You got Stray correct. I was wrong. Cult of the Lamb. Uh, I feel like Call of the Lamb had a good shot, but Stray is just is too powerful. Call of the Lamb looks incredible. I really, really want to play this game. It gives me a bit of Death Door vibes. Um, yeah. But again, you know, Stray is up there for so many more awards, and it's a, it's the cat game, you know? <laughs> People love cats, everybody. <laughs> People love cats. If you've been on the internet before, you've seen lots of cats. Um, next up, best ongoing game, The Return of Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, here we are both being wrong this time again. <laughs> I went with Fortnite and you had Destiny 2. So, uh, you know what? To be honest, those are good ongoing games as well. But Final Fantasy mm -hmm. 14, let this be a lesson to both of us. Next time the Game Awards come around, Kate, we both need to pick <laughs> Final Fantasy 14. Yep, that's true. And then something else is going to take it. It's going to be like, oh, Among Us is popular again. Like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they did announce that new uh, hide and seek mode for Last of or Among mm -hmm. Us. So that seemed kind of cool. Never know. Uh, Games for Impact was up next. Uh, we both chose Citizen Sleeper, but the winner was As Dusk Falls. And you know, I was thinking about this because we've been playing As Dusk Falls, actually. We'll have it. We'll probably talk about that on the show in the new year. But I wonder, like, what is the pro-social message in As Dusk Falls? You know? Well, yeah, I feel like we haven't finished it yet. So, I mean, there's definitely some... It, it the, the ending will really wrap up a lot of stuff. Yeah. But I think there's there's definitely some interesting themes going on of like you know like poverty and those kids like the kids who are you know like struggling with his father and he's got a there's addiction issues and there's like marital conflict and yeah there's, there's a lot of things going on in the game it's just it's interesting that a game that has so much choice is up for this because it's hard to necessarily put in a message of like this is how we feel about x issue when x issue just gets brought up and then you as the player choose how to handle it but at the same time like there's an argument i think for like it it raises a lot of questions and gets you thinking about some of these more complicated societal mm -hmm. issues and like different 
positions people are in in life. So I think this definitely, I can definitely see why this was nominated. And for what we've played so far, I think it is a fantastic game with this in mind as well. But yeah, I agree. It's a fantastic yeah. game. I, I really am enjoying playing it. Like we've been going through it, having a fun time, but I'm just thinking kind of about like the message the game has had. And I wouldn't say it's really like trying to say a whole lot aside from like, don't be a dick or like, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's more like trying to, trying to put yourself in those hard situations and see where you're going. Whereas when I played a game like Citizen Sleeper earlier in the year, that game was like exploring what does it mean to be human and like how is, mm. how is like extreme capitalism, you know, putting people in tough situations in this kind of like, you know, uh, futuristic yet parallel world to like kind of where we live. And I just feel like it had a lot more like to say, whereas As Dust Falls is kind of more experiential. I don't know. Like, like you said, we haven't finished it, but curious um anyways best performance the longest speech in the world goes to christopher judge in game, longest speech in game awards and history al, and al pacino right and right al in pacino. front of him too back to backs like oh man if you need to go make a cup of tea uh <laughs> go for it but that being said christopher judge did give a long but very nice and heartfelt speech um and he's fucking kratos so like honestly I took the 50-50 on the God of War voice actors, but mm -hmm. come on, of course it's Chris Judge winning. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they, they both killed it, obviously. And there was a lot of good yeah. nominees up for this uh, up for this category, of course, as well. But Christopher Judge, I mean, Kratos is just, he just gives such a strong performance. And did he, he didn't win Best Performance for 2018, did he? I don't believe uh, he did. Not sure. I, I'm interested. You, yeah. you go on I'm to the gonna, next one. I'm gonna sure, I'll that. look it up. I mean... Just to say too, like I heard a lot of people talking about Man Engage's performance in Immortality as well. A game I don't think either of us have even really heard of Immortality, but I've heard a lot of people saying like she was a great performance in that as well. Um, it's a game I want to play, but just could not. I just haven't played it, so I don't know. But I think I said too when we were making the predictions that I really wanted. Um, I personally voted for. You voted uh, for Sunny, right? I voted for. Well, I, I guess Sunny here, but I personally voted mm. for Charlotte. Bernie as um Amicia in Playtale right. Requiem because holy shit like once you play that game you will understand just what kind of performance she gave like there are moments where she just has full-on panning attacks and is freaking out and it is very very believable and difficult wow. to listen to yeah I'm really excited to play that when it when it comes up um okay well I'll move to the next award where you look up Christopher Judge there it was best audio design mm -hmm. Um, I gave it to Call of Duty because they always talk about how the bullets ricochet and you gave it to Elden Ring, which I mean, good guess, but it was God of War. Um, and I mean, mm -hmm. this is just one of those, like, I'm not an audiophile to the extent to where I'm going to sit there and nitpick, like, you know, the different audio features to me, all these games just sound incredible these days. Like I just toss on my headset. Every game has like incredible surround sound. Um, you can't really go wrong, but happy to see God of War win another award here. Uh, um, Speaking of God of War, I've got it up. So it was 2018 Best Performance went to Roger Clark as Arthur Morgan okay. in Red Dead 2. And you know what? It was a battle of boys. Um, but Arthur <laughs> Clark, I just gave a few better boys. Um, but I want to point out that Brian Descartes for Connor in Detroit Become Human was also up for that award. Oh, interesting. And oh my God, did we just adore Connor and Hank in that game. So oh, that's yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good, good performances every year too. I mean, how do you really differentiate these these performances at the end of the day. Like I'm sure, I'm sure the red dead guy was great. Um, like I said, though, nice to see Chris judge get the, 
perform like Kratos. He's just such a strong performer, you know. And you could argue Kratos yeah. doesn't have a ton of lines, or maybe not as emotionally varied as other characters. But for the character that he's trying to play and what they're trying to portray, like how could you do a better job of being Kratos than what Christopher Judge does? Like he is immaculate. Mm-hmm. He is iconic. Like he is Kratos now. Mm-hmm. And he always will be. <laughs> he always will be. <laughs> uh, best score and music was up next. I mean, God of War wins, right? Great music. Don't get me wrong. But where is Metal Hellsinger, everybody? That is a travesty. Mm-hmm. That is an absolute travesty that, not to win. That was the one award where I was saying, like, anything can win. I don't mind. Like, I'm not, I, I like watching, but I'm not going to be upset. Aside from <laughs> if Metal Hellsinger doesn't win <laughs> yeah. for scoring music. Yeah. And it's just that's the game's whole thing. And they did such a fucking good job. Not enough metalheads uh, voting on this one. I honestly think that must be the problem. That must be the problem. Because if there was enough people who liked that style of music and they saw some of the headliners that came on and they made this whole soundtrack for a game, like a real soundtrack, I mean, it's just, damn. Shout out to you, Metal Hellsinger. I love you. I love Mm -hmm. you so much. And Two Feather is the band that uh, did all the music. And then, uh, of course, they got all the extra exciting vocalists. But Two Feathers fucking knocked it out of the park for Hellsinger. So you got our vote. You got our vote. You did. Uh, Best Art Direction. We both voted for Elden Ring, and that was the winner. So we crushed it. Best Narrative. We also crushed both voting for God of War, and we both got that one right as well. So, uh, I mean, I think those are both very deserving winners. I mean, the Art Direction in God of War, Mm -hmm. or in, uh, I mean, (laughs) again, for both, but... The art direction in Elden Ring is just crazy. Like coming out onto the, that field for the first time and just seeing that huge tree. And I just, some of those other moments of when you like go down the elevator and you're underground for the first time and like the starry sky, like it's, the art is just crazy. And then you factor in the enemy designs, which are so cool. The bosses are so cool. Like your armor, your weapons, the moves, everything in, in that game is just the art direction is un- unbelievable. Mm-hmm. 100% agreed. And there's places that you didn't even get to some of the late game areas, yeah. which are just like, absolutely some of the vistas you get to are just mind-blowing like one of the last the capital city at the Mm -hmm. end lindell like holy shit i i probably sat there when i first got there for like 10 minutes just like looking around (laughs) beautiful yeah and then just i mean just as strong too like we mentioned the narrative with god of war like i just cannot get enough of listening to these characters interact and this is one of the few games that i'm playing where i actually am starting to read through a lot of the journal entries and like i never read that stuff in any game but i'm just so compelled by not only the you know the through line narrative of the the adventure they're on but also just the world and how all these characters seem to know each other in the background and how it all connects it's just fascinating mm-hmm. agreed 100 percent deserved for god of War ragnarok on that one uh, game of the year or best game direction our last award before the game of the year award uh, best game direction uh, Elden Ring was the winner and you got it correct I went for God of War uh, so congratulations on that Kate and finally mm-hmm. we get to game of the year and we did already spoil the winner but it was Elden Ring which we both got correct so there's another point for us both on that one um, how, do, how would you like to talk about game of the year here Kate I'm a, you're the Elden Ring person how do you Lay it on me. How do you feel about this? Obviously, a deserved well, win. I've put on my my uh, Elden Ring hoodie for this recording. Um, <laughs> obviously, it. I've been saying one of my predictions, which we do um, at the 
beginning of the year, we'll do a prediction for the entire year of things we think are going to happen in gaming. And one of my predictions was Elden Ring wins game of the year, and it is also my game of the year, uh, which spoilers for that episode is correct. <laughs> Wait, I'm pretty sure and, I'm pretty sure one of my predictions was neither God of War or Elden Ring would win game of the year. <laughs> you predicted neither God of War, Horizon, or Elden what Ring. What a ridiculous prediction. <laughs> so it could have been Stray or Plague Tale ridiculous. or Xenoblade in that universe, but... Uh, no, you really went for uh, for the long shot there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it deserves it. Like, we have talked so much Elden Ring, and I think I, I've definitely had some negatives with Elden Ring. Um, it, it, is, it, is a, it is a flawed masterpiece, is how I like to describe it. But there is nothing else that feels like playing Elden Ring. And for the first half of that game, it is pure addictive magic. Like they hit on a formula that is just drugs and you have to keep playing. It is compelling. It is amazing. It is the only game I've personally ever played that justified an open world in my mind. It, there's nothing like it. Like Miyazaki is that little turtle and he's so cute. He won his award. Did you see his face? Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's up there, Humble as ever, thanking everyone for the award. Um, and that... I just want to point out is two in a row for From Software, which is crazy. Two in a row, yeah, very, very two strong. I mean, I I agree. Like for me, I mean, my like I said, I voted for God of War. That's personally my thing, but but I mean, thinking about it holistically, I do agree that Elden Ring is more deserving of Game of the Year, only because my personal like definition of what I categorize as Game of the Year is what game is leaving the biggest impact from the year, and I think overall. There's just really, I wouldn't say there's not a debate because I think there is a strong debate like between this and God of War. But at the end of the day, I think Elden Ring was just pushing the envelope a little bit more and tried something different. It's a very unique game and what it's trying to do, you know, like with the style of its open world and and just the way the game is so expansive, you know. And you can say God of War is a, is a smaller and tighter experience. It's definitely more polished, you know, like it's got, it's got a more explicit storyline, you know, all these different things but at the end of the day it is a lot more similar still to 2018 than elden ring is to anything else and i think for mm -hmm. that reason elden ring is is the winner for like the game that will stand yeah. out as the most um exactly. iconic like, it means that elden ring took it took a lot of risks and not every risk paid off necessarily mm -hmm. like there are flaws but the game is just like how, how can you say a game like that like that's so ambitious like that is going to be picture perfect right like exactly. it redefined what an open world can be how it can get players to interact with that world what kind of direction a world can give like what kind of freedom it allows for the player and they're still working on it like two days before the game awards the coliseum dlc dropped so there's a whole massive pvp thing mm -hmm. that came out just of course for free it's not going to be a paid dlc and I think um, there's some rumors that they're still working on some more Elden Ring stuff uh, and they're not yeah. totally done with the game. So I mean, they, they, they'd be stupid not to add some stuff. There's, I mean, the game sold just such an outrageous amount of, of copies. Mm -hmm. Like there's such a big player base. The game is still going to continue to grow because I feel like the more people that kind of get into games over the years, like it's going to be one of those go-to experiences that people just say is like a must play, you know? And so like, yeah. why not add to it? But, uh... Well, they're, they're good for that. I think it depends on if they have something. Like, I remember when Sekiro was the only FromSoft game that's never gotten 
DLC. I think maybe Demon Souls as well. Mm. They've but like all the other games they've given at least one, sometimes two DLCs. And everyone's like, where's Sekiro DLC? And um, Miyazaki came out. He's like, you know what? We just didn't have anything we wanted to do. Like we felt like we told everything in that world. We weren't going to put something out for the sake of it. So I really respect that because, you know, you win game of the year. Like obviously people are going to eat it up if you yeah. put a DLC And you out. could easily cash grab that too if you wanted to. Like you could put something yeah. out, but I think for them, they're just so dedicated to their vision for better or worse. And, you know, like it doesn't, they're not doing the thing where they put out something to, that's a lesser product that will tarnish what the game was. Haha, <laughs> tarnish. Very good. You know, I will say too, whenever it comes to value for games, I paid 69 nice dollars for Elden Ring. I played it for 160 hours and was in love with it. You know, like you're going to tell me that every AAA game is worth basically $100 for like a, you know. Well, I think value, I think that's a different argument now though, because (laughs) I would say there's some games that are 10 hours long that are worth $80. I agree. I agree. Like, it's not always about length, but it's just about like how much work did FromSoft put into that game? Like mm-hmm. how much time and effort was put into it versus like some of these other AAA releases. Right. And like, yeah, they put and it was on sale before it even came out, let alone like, <laughs> you know, looking at you and some of Nintendo's products uh, <laughs> that they'll never do. Right, we're getting off the rail. We're getting off the rails here, yeah. everybody. Uh, so let's summarize the score, which I'm scrolling down to now. And I seem to have noticed there's an interesting predicament here. We both failed with a, with slightly below 50%. We were both 12 for 25, ending in a tie. In a tie, mm-hmm. Kate. So what the hell are we going to do about our bet here now? Yeah, believe that. Well, clearly, you have to buy something for me, and I have to buy something for you. Okay, deal. <laughs> Deal. So That's deal. been settled. We're both buying each other's drinks for when we play Mario Party. Mm-hmm. That's going to be great. I cannot wait for that night. We got to do it soon. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll tell tell everyone about our excellent Mario Party night on the show when that happens, probably after Christmas. Um, okay, so that was the award winners. Uh, very, very interesting show overall. I feel like a lot of them were, you know, a lot of them were expected. And then there was some some interesting ones thrown in there uh, just to keep us on our toes. And speaking of keeping us on our toes, there was a lot of announcements uh, coming out and being shown for this show. Uh, some really big ones for, for both of us, I think, that we're going to be interested in playing when they come out. So let's get into all of the announcements that were shown off at the Game Awards. Um, I mean, there was a pre-show and a main show, but I think we'll just go over them both together because the pre-show was an absolute banger with some of the stuff that it had. It was barely even a pre-show. I feel like it's as worthy as the main show. Like there isn't really much of a divide in my opinion. Um, I'm totally with you. So uh, I've got a list here, Kate. Fill me in. I know you made some notes separate from mine. So if I miss something, chime in and we'll go over that too. Uh, So first up, one of the coolest things I think that was like in the unexpected category, at least, is there's Dead Cells DLC crossed over with Castlevania, uh, which... Man, it just fits so well, right? Like the theme and like the way the characters move and the music just, it, it's awesome looking DLC. I know I didn't play too much Dead Cells, but you did. Um, are you going to mm-hmm. play this? I definitely want to play this. There's a few Dead Cells DLCs that I haven't picked up. Um, so I'm really hoping there's like maybe like a bundle that I can just sort of nab all together. Um, but I do know Dead Cells has kind of crossed over with a few other uh, Metroidvania games. So it's really cool to see like a full DLC come for arguably like one of the kings obviously Mm -hmm. in castlevania which is where half of the name comes from um and this looks so cool like 
the trailer was one of the best trailers I think shown off this entire show. The art is incredible. Like when he gets kicked in and you see Dracula sitting on the throne for the first time, like, holy shit, that was so cool. It was. And like the end when they're all facing the castle and there's like Richter and uh, Alucard and then whoever else, I guess mm-hmm. is the dead cells guy, like with facing the castle, super cool. Super cool. Mm-hmm. Speaking of super cool and vampires, Kate, you have no excuse now not to play Vampire Survivors because it's coming to mobile. And let me say, let me just say, this game would be perfect on mobile. I'm pretty sure. Like, because there's no inputs. Like, you just have to move. You got to try it. You have to have to try it. <laughs> All right. I promise you. I promise you in the spirit of, I don't know, the spirit of Game Awards, I will at least play a night uh, sitting on Game Pass. And, <laughs> good, good. and I'll, I'll see if it can capture me. Okay. Sounds good. Um a game which both of us must be very excited for. We've not talked about this, um, and there's so many things to talk about from the awards, but Valiant Hearts is getting a sequel. Uh, for It's coming to Netflix. Netflix games, uh, you can play some games on Netflix on mobile. It's kind of weird, but it, it does work. And it's like Valiant Hearts, like this is a game that I loved back in the day when it came out. It was it was a Ubisoft, um, what was it called? It was Ubisoft Montreal. That's right. And it's like that painterly kind of art style to it. I loved the story of this game. It was so heartfelt, even though there was one of those like no dialogue games, right? But it's just the emotions and the situations these yeah, characters are in. I think there was a narrator. Um, but was other it? than that, yeah, I believe there was a narrator. And I think occasionally like your character would like react maybe with like. I thought they like grunt. They're like, oh, oh. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a bit, of, <laughs> a bit of that stuff. But I mean, yeah, this is a game. This is an older game now, Valiant Hearts. Like, I played this years ago. I think back, it was like early never... PS4. Like, early, early PS4. I, yeah. I would have never expected this game to get a sequel because it was just a small, like, it just felt like a small indie experience, right? Mm-hmm. Where you followed a few characters through the First World War. Um, and there was like a nurse, um, there's a like couple guys on the front there was a dog you played as it was like a rescue dog and and it was just such a heartfelt like it kind of wrapped up following these few characters stories and it was just very much a message of like you know humanity and you know how atrocious war is and those kind of things and it just it wrapped up nicely and i would have never expected a sequel let alone a netflix sequel yeah yeah i mean netflix is pretty serious about some of these mobile games now i guess like i downloaded a couple of them before just to try them out and they're they're like they are premium games like they're not the shit mobile stuff that you'd think about but it's just a weird way to i would never associate like oh i want to go play some games i'm going to download through netflix but this is an example of like i definitely will download this there's no doubt i am not a mobile gamer but if this is the place where i can play valiant hearts this is where i'm playing valiant hearts Mm -hmm. 100 percent uh so next after that we had returnal confirmed to be coming to pc uh, very exciting for anyone with a Turbo Graphics 6060 T80i, who has their drivers updated, could play this whenever they want, and it's going to look really good. Uh, I love to see this the PlayStation stuff coming to PC though, just because it's it's just putting the titles out there for more people, right? And obviously, Returnal is mm-hmm. one of those games I still have to play it. I'm so sorry I haven't, uh, but good to see yeah, it show Returnal up. Returnal is a good one, and especially this is a PS5 exclusive, so which yeah. means it's even more difficult to get your hands on than just a regular PlayStation exclusive. So I fucking love Returnal. It won a lot of my personal Game of the Year uh, awards when we did that last year when I played it, and yeah, I fucking love Returnal. This is this is fantastic. I've already recommended it to a lot of people who don't have PlayStations. I'm like, oh, yes, yeah, yeah, you gotta please. play it. <laughs> yes, you have to play it. <laughs> So after that, we had Hellboy Web of the Word, which I loved the art style of this game. I think it looked 
really interesting, like a 3D kind of comic book style, almost like uh, The Wolf Among Us or like one of those Telltale games, but in action. Yeah, like that, it reminded me of like that Weird West game or something. Mm-hmm. There was like a Gunslinger one that came out. Yeah, Weird West. In that art style. Um, yeah, not a lot of really like gameplay shown about this. It's probably some kind of like... Yeah, just some know, like third person kind of action it. stuff. It looked chunky though. It looked it looked like the the hits were yeah. really impactful when he's kind of punching that werewolf in the trailer. Yeah, I mean, he's got a massive hand. Like I don't know a hell a lot about a lot about Hellboy, but I've noticed in this trailer he has a massive fist. <laughs> he's kind of got like a Vi gauntlet from Arcane, just like permanently yeah. <laughs> attached to his arm. So uh, I would hope that that would feel pretty pretty weighty. <laughs> To it's too bad. The one thing about this is it's too bad he's not voiced by Ron Perlman because that is the best mm-hmm. thing about Hellboy, in my opinion. That I, I mean, I don't know anything about Hellboy, but Ron Perlman's the goat. So <laughs> it's too bad. Uh, Horizon Call of the Mountain. So this game, I actually think looks really cool. And I'm sad that it's like obviously something I'm not going to be able to play anywhere near the like foreseeable future anyways with the psvr situation but i think this game actually looks really cool and like the archery looks fun the environments are nice especially for a vr kind of game so i'm sure that horizon fans should be pretty excited for this whoever can can afford the psvr too yeah let's say if you're putting on the psvr you need some like incentive games to pick one up all right this this makes that argument if if you can afford it <laughs> it yeah. does look cool but then again yeah. we both have a lot of horizon games we could play and haven't yet so that's true we can well, maybe tackle those two of them at least too uh post trauma was next and i actually need to be honest i do not remember this game from the award show so i'm hoping you do yeah so this was an interesting one um it kind of looks like a slow paced horror game uh if that's kind of oh, it weird... looks kind of like control actually now that i'm watching it like the it's the like vibes are very control like it reminds me a lot of um evil within mm. that kind of setting like it's sort of like creepy atmospheric hallways with maybe a bit of a lovecraft like monster kind of vibe alternate dimension sort of thing but what interested me about this one and like i'm always looking for horror games because you know, there's a lot of them, but the ones that are good are. There's a lot of varying quality, maybe in horror. Yeah, exactly. But it looks like there is like an eye that kept popping up in the screen, like on the top right, as if it was like part of the UI. So we're, I was wondering, like maybe it has some kind of like sanity meter, or like you're being watched, and that's something that mm. you need to know. And so this this eye icon. I didn't has, notice uh, that, but now I'm, yeah, you're right. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah, so- that's got me intrigued that maybe it kind of has a, a unique mechanic that sets it aside from just more of these like walk around and get scared games. Um, but that being said, if it's good quality and the setting's good, yeah, I can walk around and get scared. That's, you know, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of eyes, uh, you use your eyes to look through the toy called a viewfinder. And a, view, a viewfinder is the name of the next game on the list that was shown <laughs> off. Uh, it's another VR game. Or no, is it a VR game? It's not. Uh, it's coming to PC game, and PS5, but this game is like, it really reminds me of Super Liminal. You know, those yeah. games where you're like, or like, what's that other game I played? Maquette a couple of years Maquette. ago. where you, It's sort of, like Goa, kind yeah, of Goa. Well. it's playing with your perspective. And this game just looks fascinating. Like you're putting pictures kind of in front of you and then you can walk into them as if they're three dimensional and interact with things on them. And so it just, it, it looks very fascinating and published by Thunderful as well. They put out a lot of stuff in the past that, that is pretty cool on these sort of unique indie takes and so i think this is one to watch 
this this is like i think one of the low-key like stars of the show like it's not the biggest game it's not the flashiest game but it just looks like so incredibly creative like this is the kind of game where it's like make your family play it you know like make someone who's not into fast-paced action games like sit them down with viewfinder if you have someone at like your family dinner that you go to you get your extended family <laughs> and they're like dinner. shitting on video games. yeah they're shitting on video games you know they're like oh you know these stupid violent like you know kids rotting their brains make them play viewfinder fuck that like, this yeah. is a work of art <laughs> yeah and then after that they can sit and play uh, valiant hearts on their netflix account too exactly exactly tell them uh, to stop watching murder documentaries or whatever else they do with their free time because <laughs> they're so much better than gamers <laughs> that's right and show them this uh, so next we had from uh, Atomic Heart, which this game had some insane visuals. I remember when just watching this one being like, holy shit, if this looks anything like at all what it looks like in the trailer when you're playing it, like the particle effects, the blood, the fire, everything that's happening in this game just moves so quickly and fluidly in a way that it's like, I can't believe this is real, to be honest. Like it looks, I don't know how you felt, but it just looks like something else. They took the trailer and then we're like all right two times speed please and yeah. just like it's fast it up like it's so fast it's fast to the point where like it puts me off actually like mm. i typically tend to be a little more slower and methodical in games and so like i feel like this might not be for me just based on the speed but at the same time like the monster creature design and like the world i, I really am intrigued to want to play this it's like sci-fi yeah. lovecraft like just wild shit going on yeah and there's cool moves like it, it's almost it reminds me of ghostwire in a way too where like you have your hands and they're doing the abilities like you got a weapon but then you're also having like lightning coming out of one of your hands and there's some like telekinesis stuff going on the kit I just looks like really a bioshock fun. Kind of vibe to it too mm -hmm. yeah and like the music is everything's just on crack in this trailer and so i'm interested <laughs> to see like what it looks like in a gameplay video as opposed yeah, to like yeah. a fast trailer. Yeah, I agree with you. Cause this is definitely like, if it feels good, it will be great. And if not, it just looks really nice and it'll be maybe a letdown, but never know, it looks cool. Uh, speaking of looking cool, how about Scars Above? What do you think of this? Yeah, this is like very returnally kind of feeling to <laughs> me. Like this almost like a bullet hell, um, but just the setting is very much like lady mm -hmm. trap somewhere, alien planet, have guns sci-fi there's monsters <laughs> yeah yeah it, it gave me that um, kind of vibe too especially because she's like opening that door in, in the trailer and it's like i wonder if that's sort yeah. of a metroidvania type of element to it um it looks cool but i mean like you say i think i'd rather play returnal judging by yeah what this is. it looks more just like a it feels like more just like a shooter than returnal which was had that bullet hell mm -hmm. uh aspect to it, which made it a little bit more unique but honestly like i'll keep an eye on this game um setting looks cool like i'm down for these kind of like sci-fi on alien planets with crazy monsters i really like sci-fi yeah. when you're on a spaceship i don't care like i don't care about the tech in the spaceship but the alien shit is really cool in this <laughs> right, game right. that's what that it seems like it. to me so yeah yeah I'm, I'm curious on this i feel like we've seen it before i don't think this is the first time we've seen scars above. yeah i feel like there's a few games that are getting shown these days which are like kind of they blend together you know like between this and some other of the sci-fi stuff, and then, I don't know. Uh, so after that, we had Relic Hunters Legends, which is a very cartoony game, very different art style than the one we just talked about. Uh, and this is kind of like a twin-stick shooter, I think. It just looks like a fun, maybe co-op experience with some different guns. And um, 
I don't know if I love the, yeah. the cartoon art style, but then when it gets into the gameplay, I like it more than than sort of the character yeah. art. My my friend I was watching with, because it was like a kind of like a looter shooter kind of idea. My friend I was watching with, he's like, oh, it's like kids um, Borderlands. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Which, like, is kind of basically what it is. Which appeals to me more than Borderlands in a funny way. Um, yeah. It, it looks totally uh, like the kind of game, though, that would that would undermine itself with like dumb humor that I don't want to deal yeah. with. Yeah. Agreed, but it also looks like it could just be really fun to sit on the couch and like mm -hmm. you know play with a friend. Mm -hmm, <laughs> so mm -hmm. I think uh, couch co-op is required for this game, but it could actually probably end up being pretty good. Yeah. Well, speaking of games to play with friends, uh, next up was Among Us: The Hide and Seek Mode. Among Us is a game that I wish I'd been able to play more, but it was just so hard to get enough people together. Uh, but the concept is so cool, and hide and seek—I mean, that translates perfectly into Among Us. Uh, what a great idea! didn't play a hell of a lot of Among Us and I wasn't massively into it mm. um but this but I don't think I'm I really have the group or desire to get into Among yeah. Us but of the modes this seems like a little bit more interesting to me um mm -hmm. and I it's just nice to see that you know there's a little bit of variety coming to the game because it was so big and people yeah. have fallen off yeah so. I really don't know like how I'm sure it still probably is big but i'm i'm really like i've lost touch with it completely like i, I don't know you could tell I, me it's going out of business or you could tell me it's the biggest selling thing in the world i wouldn't have a guess which yeah, is which i i feel like i hear about it all the time but it's like people memeing on it not mm -hmm. people actually playing it yeah i think <laughs> it's just a different just audience playing. than us that's a different audience yeah. than us for sure yeah, exactly uh so after us was next and this game looks really interesting it's uh it's like one of those kind of experiential games, I think, kind of like Journey or Flower. Um, mm -hmm. But it just, it's one of those, like, she seems to be, you know, a trail of grass is following the character around and you're kind of adding some life back to this really desolate world. It's a very similar experience to Flower in terms of, like, the story, I guess, from what I can tell from this trailer. But it looks pretty interesting. It's like post-apocalyptic and you're, like, yeah, bringing nature back mm -hmm. to it, but... I think this game looks really good. Like this is on my top um, games announced. And what stands out to me about this is just how varied the environments are. Like you, throughout the trailer, there were so many different locations shown off. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, yeah, it gave me serious journey vibes, just like music, atmosphere, everything about it. I love those kind of games. Um, just, just feed them to me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and when she like reanimates that dog spirit and the, the wiener dog like mm. flies out of the ground. Very cool. Yeah, like I, I feel like this game is is has potential to be like a very emotional and touching game, but with no dialogue and just kind of, you know, something that you experience and then kind of interpret, which is always a, a really cool thing to do. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh so replaced was after this, and I, I was really digging this one. I think we have seen replaced before, but it's it really gives me like inside or limbo kind of vibes, you know, that you're running kind of horizontally across the screen and um, interacting with different kind of puzzles. There seems to be some character interaction as well. Uh, obviously some dialogue, but it's got like a really interesting art style. It's 3D, but it has sort of a pixely tinge to it. And as, as well, it seems to be sort of like noir, cyberpunk kind of style. I just really love the vibe of this game. And it seems like it's got some, maybe some horror to it or maybe some suspense. Like it's just... It just seems like it really intrigues me based on what it's showing here. Well, uh, the only thing I can add to that, aside from 
it, it looks good is there's a there's like a batman scene and this is the one thing we we like that stood out to me that i remembered is like there's a scene where it's like dark and he's got the like red flare and he's like running through it and like everyone's following him like oh that's that scene from the new batman movie (laughs) (laughs) which is so unfair i'm sure they didn't steal it yeah uh, (laughs) i mean he drives a car it's kind of like the batmobile too if you think about it a little bit like the batmobile is it secretly batman remains to be (laughs) remains to be shown (laughs) <laughs> all right so after that we have one of the big 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 games that was shown i've not a new one but it is street fighter 6 um i mean i don't think i'm gonna get it obviously but i do have to say i love the sort of um graffiti style paint art that they have going on in this in this game like it's visually very pleasing yeah absolutely i like this new style a lot for street fighter Street Fighter's always been kind of silly in terms of like their characters, especially, right? Mm-hmm. Like every character is just like a big stereotype from yeah. some place in the world. So I think the more they lead into that like over the top, silly, goofy, zany kind of feel, I think it's, it really suits the game. And they've got in this trailer too, like obviously it's the fighting, but they've got you like karate chopping beer bottles and like playing basketball. And there's just like crazy shit going on. Yeah, well, I mean, this game has like a whole kind of hub area which you're going to do those sort of activities in and have some some different it's not just like just fighting i guess so i mean they're trying to show that off with the basketball and and whatnot whether or not people actually get into it who knows but the game itself looks looks interesting i mean i'm sure street fighter people are probably losing their minds (laughs) Mm -hmm. i don't know but happy for all of you and speaking of losing your minds this is the first time when i really was like oh my god holy shit because we got a reveal trailer everyone for hades 2 and oh my god i just i just can't wait like this is another confirmed day one purchase for me no doubt about it yeah 100 percent. like i don't day one purchase many games hades 2 will be one of them what was exciting about this i was watching it and i'm like holy shit like first of all this game's gorgeous and then so you hear the music and you're like, is that Darren Korb? Mm-hmm. And then Supergiant pops up and you're like, oh my God, that's Darren Korb. Yeah. And then I I thought this was Hades DLC at Well, first that's what I thought too. Because Supergiant has never done a direct sequel before. They always make unique games. And so, you know, the Hades music's kicking in. I'm like, yes, Hades DLC, we got a new character, like maybe a new area, a couple weapons. Like I'm getting stoked. And then it's like Hades too, like, yeah. Yeah, like no half measures. You know? like you know now you you know about this and you just have to live your life like how are we supposed to do that <laughs> <laughs> i know it's, it's it's just one of those things now that's going to be constantly on my mind i mean what can you what more can you say about hades we've talked it to death over the the time we played it like it's just such a fun game to play love the art style love this new character it seemed to me like from the trailer you're going down the levels instead of up so yeah, so they put out like a little like blog post after that I read. And so this is a direct sequel. You are going down instead of up. Um, you're not against Hades. You're against like Kronos, mm-hmm. the like, yeah. of time. Um, so there's going to be like a new cast. I'm sure there'll be some returning characters. Like I'm sure we'll yeah, see Zagreus. I hope so. I hope so. Um, because in theory, I think this character is Zagreus' sister. So yeah. there's like the female connection still. And like Hecate is the witch shown in here, which is some more myth. Uh, that's really interesting to have pulled from so yeah basically super giant was like yeah we don't do sequels but everybody loved hades we had so much fun it's so many more ideas so like i hope this is okay he's like you hope, hope this is okay, okay. <laughs> like, oh my god <laughs> yeah okay yeah i i did not see this coming and damn 
I'm so excited. Yeah, and it was a real back-to-back -back, uh, experience here too because this was another exciting thing directly after Hades 2. We got to see the reveal of a game called Judas, which is from one Ken Levine, uh, the creative force behind Bioshock. And so this was exciting to see. I think it's been known that he's been working on something for quite a while, but uh, this is the first glimpse we've had and it really does scream Bioshock. You know, there's the abilities in the character's hands. The environment is exactly like what you'd think. Like it's sort of this dystopian kind of just really off. You can tell just things are wrong with this world when you're watching it. And I just can't wait to figure out what it is exactly that's wrong. Yeah, exactly. Or like, or like what led to it, right? Yeah. It was supposed to be the perfect society kind of thing like Bioshock. And it's like, what was the downfall? Like, you know, we're seeing the aftermath of everything's gone to shit. But yeah, it's so Bioshock. I mean, she's got like one hand that spells. There's even a tattoo in the same place where the, the chains go in Bioshock. Um, mm -hmm. But it's like a dog paw now, which is interesting. Um, this, I'm sure like this is one of those trailers where you could like really sit down and analyze every little detail yeah um but i'm down like bioshock's so fucking good i need to play infinite before this comes out so that i'm like current <laughs> yeah i haven't even played infinite either i should really get around to that i did, there's no release date for this right they just said 2023 so hopefully it's yeah, towards the end of the year and then i'll have some time to to catch up on that somehow some way <laughs> uh i'm gonna do the next three kind of in a little grab bag because i think then we can we can go through i don't know how much we're gonna have to say but we got to see a glimpse of Bayonetta Origins, which looks to be a total spinoff of Bayonetta, like in a completely different um, style compared to the regular games. We also got Ghostbusters Rise of the Ghost Lord, which um, Ghostbusters fans unite. <laughs> and then we got to see Suicide Squad kill the Justice League, uh, an interesting trailer that showed off Batman, and he's obviously possessed and very evil. And the guy with the Australian accent's funny because that's a trope we all crutch on now to make each other laugh. I, I will say, I think out of the whole show, this Batman's The Suicide Squad game was probably, I would say, the worst trailer. Um, mm. like, there, there's a bias involved, like I'm not, I don't really have an interest in Suicide Squad. But also, I just, I just didn't really find I was buying the characters very much. And it just sort of felt like a lot of dialogue without really like giving a hook. Um, yeah. I just I just felt like this one kind of didn't it felt a bit off to me. Um, I'm so. I'm with you because but here's the thing like I like Batman a lot like I Batman is a cool superhero to me and I wish that I was more exposed to like that universe. But you're right like this when you talk about some of these games on the list like some of their character interactions are so interesting you know like even a game like Hades too like one of the things I'm most excited for about that game isn't even the gameplay it's seeing who the characters are and how your character is going to interact with them and the fun dialogue. Whereas watching this trailer, where you think they'd want to show off some, you know, some interesting aspects of the characters, they all just seem sort of like archetypes. And I know they're basing it off of comics, but it's like I said, like, this guy with the Australian accent, that's just a joke at this point. Everyone loves Korg in the MCU, and so now a New Zealand accent is just used for humor. Then they have the big brute guy that's just like the shark, and he's like, I like to lift things. And then they have, like, Harley Quinn, who's just like a, you know, crazy girl archetype. Like, they just, there's nothing interesting about these characters um to me at least as, an yeah, out, as like an outsider exactly this felt like the whole trailer is supposed to be like oh you know establish these characters like this is going to be a core i focus of the game and it's like i just didn't find any of them particularly mm. like compelling so yeah. except maybe for batman but that's just because he's batman like he just has that status now of like it's batman but yeah 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 but yeah. he wasn't even like he was possessed in the trailer. He wasn't even himself. Like yeah. he's just he just looks. And he was like still Batman. the best character, so that's not a good sign. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Okay. Uh, so 
so let's go something more exciting here. The Last of Us Part One is getting a PS PC port. Um, like we said mm-hmm. before, we'll echo the same thing of great to see it coming to PC. And then everybody, mm-hmm. James is very excited because the best Star Wars property on the planet uh, is Star Wars Jedi. Uh, Fallen Order was great. And now we got to look at Jedi Survivor. Cal Kestis himself came out on stage and swung his lightsaber around a bunch. It admittedly looked quite cool. That was cool. I thought it was Jeff at first and I wasn't even shocked. I was like, yeah, sure. That's something Jeff would do. But it wasn't Jeff, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but, it was, but yeah. uh, it was cool. And this game just looks, I mean, you didn't play Jedi, Jedi Fallen Order, did you? No, it is a game that is on my list yeah. because people compared it to Dark Souls. And again, it's the sci-fi we're on planets, not on spaceships. So it, yeah. it checks some boxes, but I just I just never got around to playing yeah, it. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it back then. I, I definitely think it's like Dark Souls adjacent. It's definitely not as hard as the Souls mm-hmm. games, but it has, the combat is definitely more on that side of the spectrum than it is, um, you know, the other Bayonetta side. But this game just looks so expanded. And as someone who's not a Star Wars fan and doesn't have like the, oh my God, it's the character who's in the background of the fifth movie. And I know this guy because, you know, I don't have any yeah. of that. But yeah, yeah, and they just made a reference to the 700 exactly. book that came out yeah. like, you know, 25 years ago. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like I don't have any of that, but this universe just really pulled me in when I played the first one. And mm-hmm. the game just looks really expanded here. Like some of the some of the force powers you have are, you know, pretty interesting. You can dual wield your lightsabers in this one. Uh, and then just the traversal looks expanded too. Like there's, he's gliding on like a the back of a pterodactyl or something. He's riding on the back of a of a robot across some water. Uh, it it just looks like they're taking what worked in the first game and really adding to it in a way which reminds me of what we saw from God of War 2018 going to going to Ragnarok. This is still Respawn making the game. It is, yeah, it is. Yeah, I I respect Respawn a lot as a studio. And I honestly, like, yeah, I want to play this game. Like, if you're a Star Wars fan, I'm sure there's a lot of bonus. But if not, it's just a cool fantasy world. And lightsabers are cool weapons. They always will be. Um, They are cool. They are cool. This is a big reveal. um, And I I know a lot of people are really excited about it. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm stoked for this one for sure. I can't wait. Uh, Best Star Wars franchise of any of them is this game series. Mm -hmm. Bookmark. <laughs> Take that to and the bank. And even like Squadrons, so that's impressive. <laughs> well, I mean, Squadrons was fine, but this is this is like a really good game. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so after that, Earthblade, another huge announcement. This is the next game from the Celeste developer. And this game is uh, pretty cool. I mean, Celeste had a great art style. This game is the same, but this is sort of a side-scrolling version. But I think there's some combat in the game this time, which is something Celeste did not have. Uh, and I'm pretty excited to see what this team can do, sort of adding that element into their toolbox. Yeah, I agree. And I think this was a really well-made trailer. Like, it's pretty understated, I think. Like, it is kind of soft-spoken. But what I really like about it is, like, it just kind of, like, seems like it's panning through levels of the game. Like, it starts out and you keep moving left and it keeps just expanding into different parts of the map. And, you know, just, just some light gameplay being shown with some nice music. So I think, like, it, it's a really, like, simple way to do a trailer, but I found it very effective. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, like Celeste is a game that like I own Celeste. I haven't played it. It's a crime. It's been on my list for like a very long time. Um, and this looks so cool. Like it's just, you know, there's obviously going to be those like tough as nails platform sections, but they've added more elements to the game. So I guess as long as they don't feel like shit, it's going to be amazing <laughs> because, you know, it's Celeste plus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm I'm interested to see where they take the combat in it because I think something that I really appreciate about Celeste is that it doesn't have combat because a lot of these mm-hmm. games always have like a combat element. Like Ori is 
you know, there's combat, but it's more used for traversal. You're more, it's less about fighting the enemies and more like how you're going to rebound yourself off of them in a platforming challenge mm -hmm. context. I kind of hope this is more along that style because I think Celeste right. you know, the, the puzzles and the platforming in Celeste could really be enhanced by like incorporating that kind of thing into it. I don't want it to get super bogged down in combat because I feel like that would be taking away from what they did so well in the first one. But that being said, the combat right. could also be really good and then it's a bonus. Yeah, and I guess that's to say like two good things don't necessarily always enhance each other, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm a really, you know, it's like you give your two favorite meals together, but are you going to eat like soup and then also have like... <laughs> I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. Soup goes with what everything. goes well with what you, goes badly with soup? I don't know. Dad, are you to gonna know. put like? Mm, um, are you gonna put marmite you know, on your pizza? Exactly. Are you gonna put marmite on your pizza? They're two fantastic things. Are you gonna put mint sauce on your um, rice krispie? No, that's bad. Rice, rice krispies are, are bad. Put, are you gonna put mint sauce on your like peanut butter and jam sandwich? <laughs> like maybe not. This is disgusting. <laughs> maybe not so we'll see like it could be a it could be a mashup that just sort of like you know makes both sides not feel as good but yeah. um you know I, I trust the developers we'll, we'll see what happens true enough well we got after that we have dune awakening uh i mean nice graphics but this is the base building mmo that we have probably no interest in so we'll skip over that one to something that is very interesting and we'll be talking about more on our next show spoiler alert uh, this is the Forspoken demo. So we got another uh, little clip of Forspoken here. I feel like we've seen quite a bit of this, of this game at this point. So I'm glad that the demo kind of came out. I've actually completed the demo at this point. It's about an hour long, so I'll, but I'll save my thoughts on it for when you've played it as well. Next episode, yeah. like I said. I am actually playing later today. So unfortunate timing for recording, um, but it's fine. We have so much else to talk about. So yeah, next episode yeah. we'll get to uh, yeah. Forspoken demo. What I will say just about this trailer quickly though, like, man... I feel like we say this about a lot of games, but the, we're really reaching the point now where the next gen's been out for a couple of years and we're beginning to see these games that, that really do look like a step up visually. I mean, there was that one we were talking about earlier. Can't remember the name. Replaced, was it? No, that's not right. Yeah. But like this one as well just looks insane with the kind of these crystals that are breaking and like the particles flying around and, and there's like smoke. Yeah, and fire, water, all yeah. these elements coming off of every move that you do the boss is included and it's yeah. just it's like so square enix yeah it really is um but yeah this game looks looks so cool i mean it looked cool when it was like just a tech demo back in the day and then they announced like you know we turned it into a game and mm -hmm. forspoken is almost at the point of becoming a death loop game of we just kind of we're seeing so much of it, it so is. i want to play the demo if the demo's good i don't want to see anything else uh, and it could be a contender, but it really depends on how it feels, I think. Yeah, exactly. It's got the world, it's got the graphics, got an interesting looking character. I hope it feels good. Well, we'll discuss that more in our next show because I'm not going to spoil it for you mm -hmm. at this moment. <laughs> uh, and we'll go and talk about now is Death Stranding 2. But of course, now we have to call it DS2 because they're mm -hmm. really, really trying to make it clear. They want it to be known as DS2 this time. Um, so neither of us played death stranding, the original, but I've all, like I've said multiple times on this show, I've always wanted to go and try it just because, you know, it's one of those games where I feel like it's so divisive. Some people really love it. Other people are like, what is this? I don't make, makes no sense, but the whole Kojima thing really interests me. And now this, this sequel actually looks kind of cool. You know, I'm, I'm just kind of morbidly curious about this game. And so maybe I will try the original, who knows? 
Like, I have the exact same feelings on Death Stranding is like, I don't know if I want to play it, but I'm so curious. I feel like I have to. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I just, I don't know. The What's selling me on it is the fact that it's weird. You know, yeah, like, right, this right. to me, like, this to me is like what we talked about before with Celeste. Like, this is, this is mint sauce on your peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And like, I don't think I'd like it, but I'm, I have to try it. Right. Like, it's just so mm-hmm. weird. Mm-hmm. This is a good idea. I need to know like what kind of crazy stuff was going on in their brain <laughs> that caused this to be a product. Um, well, and I mean, apparently there was right? enough for a sequel. Yeah. That's crazy. It looks like, you know, Death Stranding is a real game now. I have no fucking idea what was happening in this trailer or what any of it means. <laughs> yeah. What I do know is that this game has some of the best facial capture I've seen uh, in video games. Like that, oh. that woman's face and the baby, the, the baby looks real. You know, my, yeah, my friend absolutely. had a baby and posted some pictures on Instagram a couple days ago, and this baby might look more real than her baby. <laughs> her baby. Yo, her baby uh, should get contacted by uh, casting direction. Listen, here's what, here's yeah. what I'll say about Death Stranding. For a game that people reduce, when you have a conversation, you know, people will be reductive and say, oh, it's just like a package delivery game. But this world clearly mm-hmm. has so much going on. Like, it has to be more than that. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, the gameplay might be light, but again, it, it is the world that is interesting and the mystery and playing as Norman Reedus uh, that really compels you. So, yeah, I just, this is such a weird one. It's such a weird one. It's cool. I'm glad there's more of it. Kojima <clears throat> just makes shit. That's, you know, okay, this man so is an artist. <laughs> he's an artiste. <laughs> Speaking of artistic games, uh, I don't know why I transitioned like that because this game immortals of avium like is that a, could there be a more video gamey this fantasy kind of name than immortals of avium i don't think so uh yeah this is one of those ones where i just sort of watched it was like interesting and then immediately forgot like yeah same here <laughs> i mean toward the end of the trailer there's some kind of cool it's kind of like um ghostwire tokyo again like kind of the magic hands sort of Doctor Strange spell binding yeah. stuff. But, it reminded yeah. me a lot, and, and stay with me here, of League of Legends. Okay. Stay with me. Uh, it's the arcane kind of like hex tech sort of stuff right. where like, you know, like the gloves and like the hammer and, and there's a character that has like the gloves kind of specifically in League of Legends. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it reminds me of that kind of like sci-fi tech. Yeah. But Yeah, yeah. Like medieval kind of like fantasy spell tech type of stuff yeah fantasy yeah. sci-fi spell tech but again like they didn't really show a hell of a lot other than it's a magic shooter so yeah cg kind we'll of thing see but... what that means you know in, yeah. in three years when it comes out well it says 2023 on here but maybe yeah, it'll be a, a delay candidate it'll be a delay candidate maybe. Yeah. yeah a lot of games say they're gonna come out at a certain time and then they don't <laughs> this is true uh, so we had a gameplay trailer after this for Tekken 8. Uh, of course, because Street Fighter showed up earlier, we have to have a counterpart here to take it on so everyone can debate, uh, you know, which is better. And the real answer is whichever one you prefer. Uh, but what I will say about Tekken is I love the way this trailer goes. Like, the buildings are getting blown out. Like, it's a lot more mature looking than Street Fighter, I guess, like, in terms of the tone of the game. But I think, I, I think honestly, I like the look of Street Fighter more than this both over the top but in different ways like street fighter yeah. is silly zany over the top tekken is like edgy over the top like it has i think one of the best taglines i've ever heard for a game and this is fist meets fate <laughs> <laughs> and i will be honest that is the only note i wrote down for tekken 8 and i think that just 
what more do you need, right? Like it's Tekken. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be edgy as shit. People have devil forms. Mm -hmm. Someone's going to get thrown off. Kirby's going to get thrown off another cliff. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So after Tekken, we had Nightingale. And this one, I again, cannot say I remember too well. There's people wearing masks. Oh, it's the guy in the blue jacket, of course, in the Mary Poppins scene. Nightingale breaks my heart. We have seen this game before. And it is such a cool world. It's this amazing fantasy. Um, there's like all those portals. It's Bioshocky. It's Victorian kind of setting. Like they've got Mary Poppins. Oh, the giant. That's umbrellas right. To fly on. They've got those like cool masks. Like there's like crazy tree monsters and like beautiful creatures. And then they're like, ah, but secretly it is a base building crafting game. And then I just mm-hmm. die inside a little bit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. please please just, you know, make another game in this world that I can play <laughs> that isn't this one. Uh, so after that, we have Baldur's Gate 3. Are you excited for this at all? This is sort of similar to like a Divinity style game, right? This is, yeah, the next Larian Studios game. I'm so excited. I've actually played some Baldur's Gate uh, because it was in like early access and beta for fucking forever. Mm-hmm. So me and a group of friends, we actually played it um, as a four-person party online. Baldur's uh, Gate 2? It was bugged. Or which one? Um, yeah. This one, three, three. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was like hilarious. And like, we had the funniest time playing it. There's some cool quests. Like, it is very Divinity. It's just a different world. Um, yeah. The Divinity is slightly different setting, uh, more D&D inspired, but it's awesome. Um, <laughs> my favorite part of this trailer is um, there's that guy that like comes out of the chest. There's like a mimic chest and the guy like mm-hmm. fights his way out of it. And my friend is here sitting and he's like, wait, why is Kratos in that chest? That's what I thought. He looked just like Kratos. <laughs> he looked like Kratos. Which is funny because I think he's like an important character from one of the other Baldur's Gate games. So it's like a big moment. But we're just like, oh, it's Kratos. I, I honestly thought it was a crossover. I honestly thought that's what they were announcing. It's like Kratos is a bonus character if you pre-order the game or something how, like that. How crazy would that be, Kratos? If you just find him in a chest somewhere in the world? <laughs> honestly, that'd be pretty crazy. Uh, no. I don't think that's the case, but like Larian Studios makes Divinity and that's one of the best games ever made. And uh, this this will be hopefully equally as good or at least partially as good. Um, and we'll play with my friends and, you know, they'll steal everything and we'll have moments where our, like, our characters like fuse together at one point when we were playing the uh, open beta or something. They all like fused into one like massive person with like our limbs just kind of like sticking out. <laughs> so I really hope they make that a core feature in the game going forward. That would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> so after that, we have Wayfinder. And this game is an online RPG. It's, I think it's an MMO. Um, it looks like you're collecting loot, running around. It's kind of medieval. There's lots of colors. Um, I mean, it looks looks like whatever, kind of like a Borderlands style. Grab some loot, grab some friends type of game. But uh, I don't know. It's, it's kind of whatever, personally. Um, and after that, I don't know if you had anything to say about wayfinder but after that we had the fire emblem engage expansion pass which is very interesting because fire emblem engage is not yet released um look i love fire emblem i know you do as well but i think we both kind of this just isn't it this just isn't what i'm looking for from fire emblem i'm burnt out on the series yeah and what i would need to draw me in is some changes to their formula not expansion pass to cash in on nostalgia for older fire emblem characters yeah no exactly Um, 
this isn't doing anything for me. And yeah, there's that big concern. My note I've written down for this game is just, oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> um, because yeah, there's some concern about a game isn't even out yet. And they're showing off trailers for the expansion pass. Uh, mm-hmm. A little concern. I always find that worrisome in the, in the sense of like, well, how much of this would have usually been in the game? And now you're like made yeah. it into this expansion pass and you're trying to already well, get people yeah. to buy it. It concerns me there's going to be like a gotcha element. Like there was mm. um, that Fire Emblem, is it Fire Emblem Heroes? Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem Heroes something. on mobile, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know if it would have game. something like that, but then you see things like Genshin Impact that are so popular and they do have those yeah, gotcha styles. Exactly. So I, I think there's going to be a little bit more to the game. Like it might not be necessary to play it, but just the idea of like, you have these spirits of the older characters that can help you. And it's like, mm, yeah, how much, uh, how much is there going to be a store for that kind of shit? So yeah. Well, yeah, speaking, I might of, be stepping on this speaking of gotcha <laughs> mechanics, uh, let's talk about Genshin. I mean, Blue Protocol, the game from <laughs> from it's an Amazon games. Uh, they're crossing over with Bandai Namco, I think, to make this. This is literally just Genshin Impact from a different company trying to sell you anime yeah. skins and stuff. I, I will say um, the visual in the world reminded me a bit of Xenoblade. Uh, is what I thought it yeah. was when I first saw this trailer. As someone who's never played a Xenoblade That's game. That's fair. But I would, I would also say that Xenoblade is very memor- reminiscent of Genshin Impact as well. <laughs> That's true. Maybe some of these anime games tend to look a little bit similar. Um, but I think the world looks cool in this at least. Like there's some really neat big landmarks with like big mm-hmm. like pointy mountains kind of Xenoblade-y. Um, yeah. But again, you know, it's an anime game. You're either into them or you're not. Yeah, I, I really think it's just going to be like Genshin Impact style thing for Amazon and it'll probably get canceled because Jeff Bezos won't make $2 billion in the first week and they'll be like, this isn't worth it. Yeah, what's <laughs> the point? Why, why bother? I only made $1 million in the first week. That's right. So, That's right. So now I want to get your thoughts on Remnant 2 because I know the first Remnant was a game that was kind of like very, very Souls inspired, but I think didn't really have the juice of what was needed from Souls, but... Uh, like to match that kind of energy, but this game looks really legit from the trailer. I think Remnant got some unfortunate community branding mm. because I don't think Remnant felt very soulsy at all. In fact, it was like almost more roguelike. Like there were generated areas, mm. um, and it, you know, it was it had a dodge roll basically. It was a gun shooting game, and it had a dodge roll. So everyone was like, "Oh, it's it's gun souls," and I think that was you know, a little unfair for the game. Mm-hmm. But I did quite like Remnant, especially with the uh, multiplayer aspect. I think they had a lot of really good ideas, especially in terms of how you level with your stats, kind of like different stats in, um, unlocking to level up once you use things a certain amount of times. So like, for example, like I remember cracking up when I got a stat that was like, oh, I can now upgrade some mobility because I vaulted over stuff a certain amount of times. <laughs> yeah. And like, just really kind of like creative things like that. There was a lot of smart ideas of how you could sort of like augment your weapons. Um, And I I think it had a really good base work. Like the bosses were all really unique. I think Remnant's problem on launch was it just didn't have enough variety, Mm. Um, especially with a lot of the dungeons being kind of randomly generated. They started to feel quite samey and there wasn't a uh, enough enemy variety in them. But looking at this Remnant 2 trailer, it looks like there's a lot more variation in terms of like what the areas look like, um, some more weapon types, some more different enemies that look new. So I think that they could have maybe iterated on, you know, Remnant being the first game being a bit of a blueprint Mm -hmm. for expanding on it. I think this game looks cool. Like 
you know, my friend, I, I played the first one with, we both looked at this trailer, we're like, shit, we got to beat the first one. Like, we're excited for this to come out. Mm-hmm. I think this looks fun. This looks really fun. Yeah. So when I asked you about this, I was thinking Lords of the Fallen in my head. Because uh, because Remnant yeah. is a game I also played uh, when it came out. Mm-hmm. I played with multiplayer. And I remember thinking it yeah. was like the exact same thing as you. Not not really a lot of variety. I didn't love the environments. All Like they were kind of unique. Mm-hmm. The swamp was kind of cool. But overall, they were kind of yeah. bland, especially that number one area. Like the first one you go to that city. But yeah, the fact that, that it's multiplayer fun. was really cool. And this game just looks like it's really been stepped up, you know, like some of the character designs, especially there's this mm-hmm. woman with her mouth sewn shut and there's like this fiery area at the end and the explosions just look a lot more, you know, like polished and, and extreme mm-hmm. than they did in the first game. And some of the boss designs were really cool in the first game. I remember like the bosses were quite unique and just judging from this trailer, the few we've seen, like there's this character that drops down with like four arms with these swords, cool design. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm interested to see how they can expand, like you said, on, on the first game. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've got my eye on this. Like I, I wasn't, I don't think I would have necessarily been super excited about a Remnant sequel just by name alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking at the trailer, I feel like they, all the concerns I had from the first one look like they've been addressed. Yeah. So yeah, this, this is a cool, cool trailer. I, I'm in. Cool. Uh, so speaking of a trailer that I don't know if I would say is cool, but I'm definitely going to keep my eye on this is Transformers Reactivate. Uh, the trailer that came out here was I mean, I didn't even know this was a Transformers trailer until the very end when the Transformers name came yeah. up because there's there's that's nothing exactly, in this that's Transformers at all. That's exactly my experience. Is like, yeah, Transformers popped up and I was like, wait, what? Yeah, like I'm watching <laughs> it, it again right now. And like you and I have both watched a lot of Transformers in our in our lifetime. You know, like I specifically, mm-hmm. I am a huge Transformers fan. And I honestly cannot identify one aspect of this trailer which makes me think Transformers at all. Like there are a couple robots, but that could be any sci-fi game. And there's no like, there's no forewarning. Like, there's all these like scenes of like, you know, people like working on the robots and stuff. And so like, yeah, I guess like, mm-hmm. you know, if the Transformer gets injured, there might be like repairs done. But like nothing about it implied to me that the like robots were sentient and that this was that universe. So yeah, yeah it's really really a strange trailer yeah with that being said though i really really hope this is good like transformers is a franchise where i always want everything to be a really quality experience because i i want a reason to be what is it i want a reason to be immersed in that world right and the the movies aren't really what i'm interested in there was there's been some really hit and miss games like war for cybertron back on the ps3 was an awesome game like third person action the online was really fun but then we also have games like transformers devastation which is basically you know like a generic hack and slash like you know your attacks don't seem to have much impact kind of games like i just didn't really vibe with it so if this is a hit i mean it it could be cool i'd love to have a good transformers game come out but i'm just not sold until we kind of get the reviews and see what it is um company of heroes 3 is next we won't have anything to say on this but uh, go get them shooter fans uh and then we had a game called behemoth which is from the team behind Walking Dead, Saints, and Sinners, and this is another VR game. This game looks incredible. I did not realize it was a VR game until the end of the trailer because it just looks incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I want to play it. I don't know if I want to play it in VR because I think I might... Um, like, this This to me is the VR game that has the most, like, you're going to, like, jump and fall and break your TV because it <laughs> looks, like, kind of <laughs> scary. It does. Um 
but man, like I, I think it's only on VR, it but is. I really want it to be released not in VR because I really just kind of want to play this as a video game, like a cool, like gritty, realistic Viking game it's, it's, where you fight like Shadow of the Colossus type. That's what I was enemy. thinking too. It's like, it's almost like, I actually thought this was Shadow of Colossus like a sequel or like a spiritual successor when it when it was shown like my honest thought was like oh my god is this blue point getting to do their next game after shadow of the colossus remake because there's been a lot of rumors about blue point getting to do their own yeah. project and and then i wouldn't say i was disappointed that it wasn't that because that's a pretty you know steep request but at the same time yeah i'm with you that i wish i had a vr headset because this looks this looks pretty damn cool Mm-hmm. this is this is like i think like a, a game to buy a vr headset for mm-hmm. is what mm-hmm. this looks like it has the potential to be uh yeah i, am. I play it <laughs> i play it so much but i'm also really scared to play it in vr so yeah yeah uh, that's the thing <laughs> um more horizon was up next it was horizon uh burning shores a dlc for horizon forbidden west um if you've mm-hmm. seen horizon forbidden west this is more of the same amazing kind of world visuals you know, um, you're flying around in a pterodactyl that looks really fun. And it takes place in Hollywood, which I guess is cool for, for people that are, you know, familiar with the area. Um, more Horizon, though. I mean, will we ever get to the series? I don't know, Kate. Are we? Is it going to happen? I will say my thoughts on this game are it is potentially the prettiest game that's ever been released. And that monster coming out at the end and, like, breaking through the Hollywood sign was a kick-ass way to end off a trailer. Um, but again, like there's so much horizon to play and uh it's just kind of one of those middling games where it's like will i ever have yeah 50 hours to play it i don't know you know what it is it's just because it's open world to me if it was in the style of god of war or the last of us and just more narrative but more concise i would be in a hundred percent like it's such a cool world i've heard the story's good i know people really like the main character i want to play it but it's that fatigue of yeah like you know get all gather all the collectibles in the open world and do all the crafting and like i just Mm -hmm. don't think it's a game i would like finish like i haven't even finished ghost of tsushima which is a game i really (laughs) like but it's that same kind of like open world style where there's all those like you know things on your map that are overwhelming mm-hmm. so i just think it's not necessarily my style of game and i you know there's always that argument just mainline it don't do all the extra stuff but it's really hard to sit down in a map that's so overwhelming like that mm-hmm. and only do mm-hmm. the main things so yeah no fair uh, enough we'll so mm-hmm. after that we had uh the first ever scenes from the mario bros movie uh, Keegan Michael Key had maybe the most cringy writing for his jokes I've ever seen. I feel so bad that he had to stand and deliver those lines, but he did it like a champ. Um, <laughs> and just, I mean, we talked about the Mario movie pretty recently, so maybe we don't have to talk about it a lot, but nothing in this trailer did anything but get me more excited to see mm-hmm. this movie. 100% agreed. I, I'm at the point I think we kind of said last time, I don't want to see any more. I'm going to go watch mm-hmm. the movie. I'm good on it looks great the toads the toads banging the blocks to get their coins was just the cutest thing in the world oh my the god it was and the one the toads that are wearing those little hard hats like yeah. on their like big mushroom heads like it's so <laughs> cute there's so many cute little creative choices in this movie and speaking of cool and interesting creative choices the next thing we saw was crime boss rock hey city a, a mafia sort of crime inspired inspired game storing chuck norris Danny Glover, Vanilla Ice, and Michael Rooker in what is maybe the most haphazard collection of uh, celebrities on the planet. But this looks, uh, I mean, I don't think it's for us, but it looks like it might have a cool sense of humor and sort of be a... 
feel like know, Saints Row kind yeah, of Saints Row. style game, um, which, yeah, isn't my kind of thing. Like, the trailer was fun to watch. You know, there's a lot of energy, and obviously, like, seeing all the actors pop up is a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I'm sure people are excited for this and have, have fun, <laughs> I guess. That's all yeah. I got for it. No, exactly. It's kind of like, like Mafia, one of those games that I just don't really, you know, have an attachment mm-hmm. to, but I know people love them. Uh, mm-hmm. After this, Banisher's Ghost of New Eden. This game is interesting because it's from Don't Nod, which is the, you know, Life is Strange uh, vampire studio. So it looks like they're taking their skills in a different direction this time. And this seems like more of a, you know, an action-focused game. It's got some combat potentially in there. Um, I mean, your character's walking around with some weapons. So that's something new because a lot of those games that they have traditionally done are more like the walking sim kind of narrative style. Um, so it'll be cool to see them try something different. This got me like I'm not attached to Life is Strange or the studio at all so it's not even a bias coming from there but just the quality of this trailer like you know the the voice acting and the facial capture in the cabin and you know that reveal of like oh that lady's a ghost like Mm -hmm. it seems like such a cool setting and world like obviously it's very cinematic we didn't really get any gameplay so it's going to come down I think like there's still a lot of questions revolving this game yeah but i will say just for one of the games that showed nothing but kind of like a atmosphere hook it was a very very well done one and it has hooked me um so yeah the banishers is something i will will be keeping a strong eye on it it is cool speaking of games that come out of nowhere that you're going to keep an eye on i feel like there's a part of me that wants to keep an eye on warhammer 40k space marine 2 because (laughs) that's the next trailer we saw and you know, after playing a bunch of God of War and just sort of the 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 clunkiness, the clunkiness sounds bad, but like the 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 power behind Kratos, you know, he kind of has like like really mm. what's a good word to describe it with, you know, chunky, Crunchiness, crunchy, yeah, like chunky. like impactful chunky. movement. Like this kind of looks like that with Warhammer Wait. and it this actually looks pretty fun. I mean, Warhammer is a massive franchise, right? Like it's kind of one of those ones where there's like maybe quantity over quality sometimes mm-hmm. and it spawns it goes across so many different genres but like there's an argument to me that warhammer is a massive franchise um, yeah, it is. and it yeah you're right like this this looks cool like it's kind of gears of worry to me in the yeah. sense of like the mm-hmm. design and and some of the over the top kind of like gore action but like a more modern take on something like that. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of, I mean, here's the thing though. It looks like it could be verging on sort of Dynasty Warriors style where you're fighting a bunch of small little things. But if it ends mm-hmm. up being kind of a variety of combat where there are some bigger kind of bosses and there's, uh, it's not just about like killing thousands of grunts type of thing. Like I, I think this actually mm-hmm. could be something I might look into more, but we'll see. I mean, I have no attachment to Warhammer whatsoever. I just kind of like <laughs> the way it looks. So uh, one to look out for though. And now this might have been one of the hypest to like kind of things in the show because Crash Bandicoot himself came down from the ceiling on a rope and it was cool to see him. Cool to see a mascot kind of come back like that for a, for a silly entrance. But then this trailer started out for Crash Team Rumble and I swear to God, I thought we were getting Crash Bash 2, which would have just been the most hype announcement that could have possibly existed. Uh, but instead, this looks to be, I think, what people are saying is a crash sort of take on a MOBA, which is uh, an interesting thing. I don't know exactly who's 
really been asking oh, for something like that. Interesting. I did not get that vibe from it, but looking back on it now, I could sort of see that being the case. But mm -hmm. yeah, I didn't know what this was. I honestly had zero idea what it would look like to actually play. I just knew that I had the same kind of situation where I was like, this could be Crash Bash. Yeah. It's not Crash Bash. I don't know what's happening. Like maybe like another mini game sort of style game. Like I was thinking like there could be many maps and they'd all have like a objective kind of to do, but mm -hmm. it's, I don't know. It's kind of worth keeping an eye on, I guess. Like Crash is a yeah. notable name. Yeah. Yeah. From, well, from what I heard online, like, again, I don't think anyone, I don't think we have exact confirmation, but I've seen people talking as if it's kind of a MOBA where you're trying to get the fruit into your, like into your own goal and kind of power it up. So right. I'm not sure. Kind of like how that Pokemon one works where you've got to like sort of dunk in the enemy yes. zones. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. uh, now here is Lords of the Fallen, the game that I thought here was the remnant one. This is the one where obviously they, I think, tried to really go for the Souls um, feature in the first game, yeah. didn't really execute it the way that people were kind of looking for. But I honestly, again, think this trailer at least looks really cool. Like the character designs are pretty awesome. I feel like the atmosphere really nails that sort of souls vibe i know it's not going to be souls exact but i mean the in its own right i feel like the environments here are scary and they are interesting you know um yeah this guy with a lantern it, and the helmet looks really sick it is cool as shit like it is very um that sort of like dark gritty fantasy he's got that lantern that kind of reveals things like it's almost kind of bloodborne -y to me in that way where it's like you know the world kind of looks one way but when you get enough insight or lantern light uh, if you prefer mm -hmm. then you know secrets are revealed to you there's other dimensions to the world um this looks cool like if i had never heard of lords of the fallen uh i'd be really excited for this game fortunately lords of the fallen was a extreme failure um and can they i really hope they bring it back for the sequel like maybe they learned where they went wrong it's been a, quite a long time mm. since the initial game um, I, yeah, I want nothing but for, but this game to be good. My biggest concern about it is their naming convention, uh, doesn't give a lot of confidence, uh, to the creative minds of their studio. Putting the in front of your game is not a <laughs> signal to me that it is a sequel instead of just sounds like the exact same game again. <laughs> Look, budget Gone constraints. The they could either, they could either change the gameplay mechanics or put more time into the, the sequel's name. <laughs> they had to pick something. But here's the thing, Lords of the Fallen, just putting the letter two on the end is actually less characters than writing the word the in front of it, and it's less confusing. So uh, concern on that front, but uh, the trailer does look cool. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I got my fingers crossed for this because, um, geez, the first one was, it was not good. It yeah. was not good. It is now like $3 on Steam uh, if anyone wants to just kind of you know, give it a go, but uh, that's that's never a good <laughs> Doesn't sign. Doesn't seem like a ringing endorsement, though, no. <laughs> no. Um, okay, so after that, we're, we had a Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 raid trailer, which uh, it is what it is. We had also Cyberpunk 2077 getting some DLC, including Idris Elba playing one of the new characters, so that was kind of cool to see him. Um, I hope they get around to making the original game exactly what it needed to be before just kind of skipping over that and getting to more DLC, but I honestly haven't kept up with where that game's at, so... It very well might be um, in a better spot now. but um, And then after this, potentially one of the most interesting things we saw in the whole show, Armored Core <laughs> 6, Fires of Rubicon, got a reveal trailer. Um, this is, of course, the next project from FromSoft, which is a big departure from the Souls uh, style of game, obviously, because this is like a mech sci-fi, uh, 
you know, combat based game. And so, I mean, I have some feelings on this, but I want you to speak about it first because this is obviously your, your so studio. I, I was taken on a wild ride with this trailer. Like Jeff prefaced this by saying that like, this is coming and we're at the end of the show. Right. So, you know, it's big shit. Jeff prefaced this by saying, you know, like multiple game of the year, like award nominations and like they've won game of the year. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, could this be from software? Like who else could this be? And then they show like, the kind of the eye and like the fire at the start is so like where at the very beginning, like 20 seconds, 25 seconds into the trailer, there's that like fire going up from the mm-hmm. world. I'm like, that's how Dark Souls 1 starts. Like it's so, there's so many like souls homages in this trailer. I was like, that's cool. I was like, but it looks a little bit like sci-fi. So then I'm starting to get a little concerned, like, oh my God, are they doing sci-fi souls? Because I'd forgotten about Armored Core and this was rumored to come out. It's not a massive surprise. Um, and then there's like a destroyed world and like, you know, FromSoft games are always a world on the brink of like destruction and they need, the world needs to get reborn in some way. Uh, and then of course they flash like from software and it's like, oh my God, <laughs> oh my God, they made mixels. And then I realized my soul like left my body for a second. And then I realized, oh wait, it's Armored Core. Um, yeah, this this is crazy because it has been... The last Armored Core game was like on PS3. It it was, yeah. Armored Core 4 yeah. or 5, sorry, yeah. PS3, yeah. Xbox 360. It has been a long time since From Software it, has made It's literally Armored a Core. decade. A decade ago. So, not so yeah, not only has it been a hell of a long time, but also they have made some very different games uh in that time period. Um yeah, like I, I gotta say, I don't really have any interest in going back and playing the old armor core. Like, mech stuff isn't my scene. Like, a lot of, like, flying around in mechs and sh- locking on and shooting things. And I just don't really have an interest in it. That being said, I'm gonna play Fires of Rubicon. Because <laughs> they're bringing their soul stuff into it. Like, I've seen, um, it was, like, either a blog post or something on their website where they kind of allude to, like, we've learned a lot with souls and, like, this is sort of like we're bringing back Armored Core, but like there are going to be some Souls elements. They didn't say what kind of elements, but they did say there are Souls elements. Um, mm-hmm. The story sounds really Souls-like. There's some kind of like energy source that seems to corrupt, which is like, yeah, that's every Dark Souls game. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it just it's like a weird mashup of two very different games from yeah. the same studio. So... Yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting take. I mean, it was only a matter of time, I feel, until they they almost had to make a game that wasn't in the Souls style. Like, I know Sekiro is not a Souls game, but it is. This is obviously mm-hmm. very different. Um, it's cool to see them bring it back. And I'm very interested to see sort of how this series evolves, like you said, because the original Armored Core games, they're nothing like the Souls games. You know, they're sort of arcadey. Some of them are PvP. There's obviously single player stuff as well in, the, in those original games. And what... I mean, I played some of the older Armored Cores. One of my friends is actually pretty into it. And I didn't love the way the games felt to play. Like, the, the controls are kind of weird. You're doing a lot of strafing because you need to keep your sort of opponents in your viewpoint. But what I really loved about them is the customization of your mech. Like, there, there's the kind of thing where it's like, okay, you've got different... You've got to consider the weight of your chassis. And like, okay, I'm using this big body so I can use a lot of weapons, but my movement's going to be slower. And then, oh, when your weapon runs out of ammo, you can like detach it from your body so throughout your battle if it has no ammo you can like break off one of your arms so you're now lighter but you don't have that weapon but it doesn't matter because it's out of ammo 
Like it's it's really in depth, and I I can't wait to see sort of how they reinvent some of those mechanics with what they've learned from making so many of these amazing games in the in the Souls franchise. I think it's going to be a cool yeah. a cool game uh, to to well, look into. If there's one thing you can expect from From Software is that there's going to be some kind of interesting iteration or like innovation for all of their games. Like, sure, we have sequels to Dark Souls, and you know, there's the meme that Elden Ring is big Dark Souls, but like. <laughs> All of the games, if you actually get into them, are quite different. Like Bloodborne has very different mechanics to Dark Souls, and Sekiro again is an even bigger departure. And like, they they never do just the same thing every time. Like even if it's in the same kind of genre, so mm-hmm. guaranteed there'll be some kind of like neat twists on Armored Core. And if they're merging that with a little bit of like some of their design choices that fit more in the Souls kind of category, like. I, I, I'm obligated to play it. Like they could make like, you know, like a Peggle game and I would play it because it's from software. Like at this point I'm committed. Like I'm maybe not setting a like countdown timer on my phone like I did for Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm definitely like buying this game potentially even day one because yeah. I just trust in in papa miyazaki to have put some wild shit into this game <laughs> yeah well that's just the thing right is is uh i think when you get to know a certain studio it just makes things that you love you just know that you trust that studio <laughs> even more than the ip sometimes um mm-hmm. i mean hopefully anyways I'm, I'm really interested just to see how they do the narrative in this like are they going to make it the exact same format or will they they change it up will they be like you know what let's just focus more on the mechanics of this one and, and like not leave all the lore stuff around right. or like how much, right. how big is the world going to be? You know, is it just areas you go to? Is it more menu based? It really could be a lot yeah. different or it could be similar. That's interesting. And that's a big um, difference between the franchises as well Is like in armor core, if, as far as I recall, a lot of them are like, you kind of have like a mission select yeah. screen and yeah. you sort of get like debriefed on the mission and then you go do the mission, which is obviously a very different, um, story approach than something like mm-hmm. any of their games that have come out within the last like 10 15 years so um yeah like will it be mission-based again like will it now be like more of a world you're exploring i know you are a mercenary that's gotten kind of involved in the conflict which again is very soulsy um mm-hmm. but yeah there, there's a lot of questions on this game and um we'll see but between this more elden ring stuff potentially i think there's been rumors of like a totally new game that's kind of in the works as well so from yeah. is, is just like they're just growing and expanding and uh you know i can't wait to see what kind of mech poison swamp i'm thinking maybe poison rain <laughs> like acid rain like corrosive I don't know rain, if yeah. swamp, i don't know if we can do a poison swamp here but maybe an acid rain level so that's right <laughs> we'll, we'll see what they come up with <laughs> well regardless of the, regardless of what they're coming up with i know this is a game that we're going to be looking uh to keep track of for, you know, mm-hmm. I think for both of us, honestly, because like, I would love to, I always love the idea of, of being more into the FromSoft stuff than I am. So maybe this is, maybe this is my FromSoft experience. You never <laughs> yeah. know. Um, I don't anyways. know if I'm willing to quite hand it off yet, but I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> uh, so after that, we had a Rocket League DLC update. Um, that was great. After we saw a game called Wild Hearts, which looks a lot like a Monster Hunter style thing, uh, just with some maybe more, um, you know, different weapon styles, I guess, maybe a little bit more fantasy based. There was a death stalker enemy that looked pretty cool. Amaterasu was in here. Like that's an actual character from like Okami, I think. So they're, they're using some kind of um, uh, mythology. I'm not sure, 
to get well, there. Amaterasu is like the sun god in like Japanese. Oh, see, there we like go. Yeah, day. there we go. I think the um, inspiration for both of them. But yeah, this game looks cool. Like I thought it was Monster Hunter and then it wasn't. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm always... Mm-hmm. That, that style of game is something I've never really gotten into but always been interested in. So another option sounds good because maybe Monster Hunter is a little bit like... I've heard it's grindy. It's a little bit intimidating to get into. Mm-hmm. Maybe Wild Hearts is like, you know, what I need instead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to skip over the big um, FF16 trailer just to the end here because that's the last kind of big thing we have to talk about. Um, after we mm-hmm. uh, get past Diablo 4 was shown with what was a very cool musical performance right before it, I got to say. Yeah. Um, and then Diablo 4 came out uh, with a, you know, that little trailer there, it was cinematic. It looked very nice, but we didn't get to see too much of the game itself. We also had a Destiny 2 Lightfall trailer for another DLC coming to Destiny. Also looks very nice. Uh, there's a tank. Always kick ass. You can drive a tank. Apparently. The Destiny trailer, like, even if you're not into the game, they are very, very mm-hmm. good trailers. They do always. a good job. Uh, a game called Colossal Cave was after that. I can't remember ever seeing this. It looks like there's some dwarves and you're maybe mining for resources. Is this a VR game? I'm not sure. No idea. I oh, it's like an interpretation like... of a text adventure. That's actually pretty cool. That's kind of uh, cool. And then finally, the last thing we have to talk about is Final Fantasy 16, which had another uh, release trailer here. Uh, very excited to play this. Um, you know, as much as we're talking about Forspoken being something that looks really cool from Square. I mean, Final Fantasy 16 is just on another level, I think, in terms of uh, how it's looking as well. These summons, like, they are so cool. And the fire on the, like, on the shoulders of that one guy and, like, on the ground as well. It is just a, a spectacle, to like, a visual spectacle, that's for sure. And I love the way that Final Fantasy has these sort of worlds that just, they're so varied, you know, they're so diverse, I find. And, and just because they play around with them the fantasy setting in a way where it doesn't always have to be super realistic. Like you can just be in a city and then you open some doors or something and you're in this weird like time parallel kind of place. Um, I just love the setting and I'm very excited to play this. Yeah. I mean, it looks cool. Like I've, I've never really gotten into final fantasy. I think it's always the gameplay that sort of mm-hmm. keeps me at arm's length. Um, and it's not even like, I think it's honestly just that. Like, even the stories are so, like, ridiculous. Like, it's always, like, you know, God <laughs> scale, like, save the world, yeah. massive monsters, deities, and, like, you know, but at the same time, you've got, like, your small little plucky underdog characters, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, silly. That doesn't even put me off. Like, I like the wild, ridiculous storytelling. I think it's just, it's a little bit too, like, I don't know. I don't know how to I feel like there's it doesn't feel like a lot of weight to the combat. Like it's there, a lot of like kind of like teleporting around the battlefield. It's a lot more of the like cinematic kind of, you know, choose more of your loadouts and like equip your squad with all the different complementary mm-hmm. spells and things. Like, but it's cool. I love the world. I've always kind of wanted to get into it. You can pet the dogs, like it looks good. It looks a little darker, I think, than what I expect from Final Fantasy. Like the opening scene where that kid's like chocobo gets Mm-hmm, Merged mm-hmm. and he's like covered in blood. I thought that seemed a little um graphic. Yeah, it was. It was pretty dark. What I expect from Final Fantasy. It was pretty dark. I mean, there's been some dark stuff in the past in some of the older games, but I think those obviously couldn't be as graphic just with the limitations of like the Super Nintendo mm-hmm. back in the day and whatnot. Whereas now they can really show those kind of things off. But yeah, I hope the combat's a bit more weighty as well. Like to me, I feel like I really if I was comparing like Final Fantasy 15 combat compared to 7 Remake, for example, like 7 Remake was a lot chunkier 
and you really felt like the impact of some of your hits not to the extent of like a souls or something but it was definitely like not very button mashy whereas i feel like 15 was very much like okay now i'm gonna just hammer the x button and do my combo so i'm, I'm hoping it's more along the lines of like seven remake which I, ho- I feel like it probably will be just because of how successful that game was and how the popularity of that type of combat has really risen. So, um, but it's a guess. I mean, hope I'm right. Um, anyway, was there anything else that we missed, Kate, on your list of notes? Because I think that was pretty much I everything shown off. That was pretty good. Um, there might have been one or two small little games here and there, but like overall, I think... It was a really good showcase. There's a lot I was excited about. Like I had a great time watching it. And now looking back on it, I feel like I've only increased in my excitement for games coming out this year. Like I always say like 2022 is going to be a hard one to top for me. Like Mm -hmm. they really just, everyone went out of their way to make a a Katie game. Um, And, you know, if that was S plus tier, this is at least like a solid A plus, like, you know, really high up there too. A really good showcase of games. Yeah, I, I mean, overall, just, I guess, summarizing shot thoughts on the show, like, I think this was probably, just in terms of the show, like, the best the Game Awards has ever been. Um, I just felt like there wasn't really as many periods of time where there was, like, just lulls of, like, things that I really didn't care about, you know? And they 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 seem to have a better pacing overall. And as well, I feel like they just did a better job of letting the people with giving speeches have a little bit more time to talk. I mean, Chris Judge obviously went over time and had to get played off by some music and whatnot. But um, I feel like the rest of them too, they had their their time and they, they, I would love to see more of the award winners get a chance to speak, get up and say some words and more focus be put on them. But I guess that's not realistic. And at least the ones that did get a chance to speak um, had the time to say, I think what they wanted to. I completely agree because it's, you know, it's not just about sitting and watching trailers and especially being back in person, which I think makes a huge difference. Like the atmosphere of the crowd and the excitement in the building, it's even when you're watching at home, it's, it's palpable. Uh, so it's really nice to see everybody get back to an in-person show. Um, but like you said, I, I always want to hear more about it or like, you know, just for some of the games, like if a dev comes out and talks a little bit about, you know, the making of, you know, if Supergiant was there to say something about Hades or something like that, I, I really appreciate those kind of moments that make it feel like more of an experience versus just, you know, you can watch the trailers online anytime. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially for the award winners, right? Like, you know, so much, obviously so much goes into making these games. It's it's nice to to let them have a moment of catharsis for yeah. not just accepting the award, but also getting to talk about the experience. Um, and, and my kind of wish, like the one thing I always complain about the most is like, I just just stop bringing in celebrities. Like, I don't care that Al Pacino's mm-hmm. there. Like, he adds, like, you know, res- like, no disrespect to him as an actor, but he adds zero to the Game Awards for me. Like, he's nothing to do with the video game industry. Like, yeah. take his time and let Chris Judge do his whole speech or let, you know, yeah, or let, let someone who's who's not forward-facing. I think that's what I would like to see too is I'm, I'm with you. Like, I don't love the celebrities. I think that's a symptom of like, Jeff really wants this to become like a legitimate thing like the Emmys or Grammys or whatever. And I feel like you don't need to bring celebrities in to get it to that status. You just need to produce a quality show with the people that are a part of your mm-hmm. industry. And so like, yeah. I agree like totally like Al Pacino was there and it was, I guess it was cool to see him, but I would have personally rather had like, you know, um, like a programmer from one of the games come out or something like it. That's the other thing too. The speeches are always given by like the, the actor or like the, you know, someone who's really like mm-hmm. a forward facing position in the company and i would love to see like 
you know, oh, a game wins best art direction. Well, here's the lead artist or like, here's like an asset mm-hmm. programmer that wants to come and tell about their experience, you know, just like some, some other people that you've never heard of that have a perspective it would be very yeah. cool to hear what they have to say. Yeah, exactly. And I, I can think of examples of when, you know, people did get to do that kind of stuff. Like there's been showcases before, especially for some of the indie games that have had a little bit of a presentation and you can just feel mm-hmm. how passionate people are to talk about their experience with the game. And, you know, those are the things I, those, that's what I want to hear from, right? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. not, not the celebrities. So I, I appreciate that. I think this one wasn't too egregious in, in that aspect, but I do think that it is you know, if I could change one thing about the game awards, that is a hundred percent what I would mm-hmm. change. Yeah. I think, I think I'm with you. I, I feel like overall it could still be a little shorter. I don't know how that all shakes out just because there are so many awards. There are so many trailers, you know, obviously there has to be time for sponsorship and whatnot too, but I'm kind of the opposite. Like I, I could go another like two hours. Oh, if really? there was stuff to be oh I think it goes for way too long. You know, like it's understand. like there's yeah. a point for me to, play, but I, I just enjoy it so much. And like, you know, maybe it's, two-day thing instead of a one-day thing so you're not watching for five hours straight but Mm. i just i have so much fun doing it (laughs) (laughs) oh i mean so do i but it just i I mean it drags at certain points and i think this was a good show because the things that were stuff that we cared about was smattered in really nicely but then in other in other years there could be a lot of stuff that's like oh my god i haven't really cared about a game for like half an hour and there's still like an hour and a half of this to go and you know there's there's times when it gets lulls too so it's a it's an interesting balance, but I feel like this was a good one, like we said. And um, unless you have any final thoughts, I think that brings us to the end of the show today. Um, so, like I said, yeah, just oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, just another congratulations to the team at From Software uh, and the massive, you know, steam train that was Elden Ring this year. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. And we'll continue to be for the next few. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it will. So congratulations. Yeah, to FromSoft. Congratulations to all of the, the winners. I think I think uh, almost every award very well deserved, except for uh, Best Soundtrack should have been Metal Hellsinger. Uh, no debate, okay? Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you for joining us on the show today, everybody. It's been a pleasure to uh, go over the Game Awards. It always is one of our favorite things to do to recap uh, any kind of showcase. But of course, the Game Awards are something special. So thank you for joining us uh, for the recap. This has been a pretty long episode. So for those of you that stuck to the end, we appreciate you. Just like we appreciate all of our listeners. And if you would like to get in touch and let us know, uh, again, what your thoughts were on the Game Awards or uh, anything else around the show or predictions for early next year, you can do so at cloudcontrolpod at proton.me. You can feel free to tweet us, get in touch with us there as well. And uh, we would love it if you did so. So please do that if you're so inclined. Uh, But until next time, I think that's going to close us out for the show. So we'll be talking about uh, the Forspoken demo on the next episode. Maybe we'll check in with some God of War, you know, some fun stuff coming up. Um, And then look forward to our end of the year, uh, you know, predictions recap and our predictions coming up for next year as we get into January as well. So lots of fun stuff coming up on the show. Um, But yeah, until next time, this has been Cloud Control, the gaming podcast. It's not just good. It's good enough. And we'll see you on the next episode.